Hello and welcome to Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. I am Connor from the House of L. And I'm Al from Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. And I am Phil from the Capes and Lunatics and Capes and Lunatics Sidekicks podcast. Yes, you heard correct. Uh, Ray has gone to his home planet for uh, <laughs> for, for this week. Um, he's just got some... So to take care of, so uh, we're joined by, yeah, these two guys, which is really awesome. Thanks heaps for coming, guys. Sure, why not? Hey, no problem, you know, us people with the funny accents, huh, Connor? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you crazy, upside-down people. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm sure you guys will probably recognize Phil as well. He's written into the show a few times and given us a few recommendations to cover, mm-hmm. so... You know, awesome to finally have you on here. Nice to finally talk to you. You know, I've, I've talked to Ray a few times, so, you know. Oh, Ray's talked to everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah, Ray's been on every podcast on the planet. Yeah. Start up a new podcast and he'll he'll find it. He'll, he'll come <laughs> on there. And, uh, Al, no? And it's awesome to have you on as well. Don't worry, I'm not, I'm not treating one of you guys more than the other. You know, everyone's... <laughs> No, it's it's really awesome to have new people on the podcast as well, and uh, yeah. So you run a Adam Warlock podcast. Yep, Adam Warlock and Thanos, because it's kind of hard to talk about one without the other half the time. Yeah, cool. I haven't read any Adam Warlock, but I know he was used to make fun of John Byrne at one point, apparently. Hmm. Um, I might have missed that one. I mean, well, most of the stuff we've covered has been Bronze Age stuff, so Burn would be barely on X-Men at this yeah, point. So yeah. I probably haven't got to that yet. Yeah, as as my listeners know, I love talking about John Byrne on both of my podcasts. Um so because like he's he's such a good he's such a talented guy, but he's also such like a weird like angry person. So Yeah. Um You're talking about John Byrne or Alan Moore? Uh John Byrne, but that also applies to Alan Moore, but I think Alan Moore's a good person. Uh, I'm not 100% sure about John Byrne. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's a little nebulous sometimes. And Alan Moore also is a little bit more crazy. Yeah. I love I love that picture of him, and it's like Hedge Wizard. Like it, he's getting an interview, and the caption says Hedge Wizard or something. Because <laughs> <laughs> his head's like a bush, pretty much. Um but, uh, yeah, no, awesome to have guests on. We always love having guests on. Um, so I guess this is the second time we've had uh, guests on that isn't for a crossover. So the, you guys are like uh, Superman people. Um, so I guess uh, tell us, like, about, I don't know, like, what was your exposure to the character? How did you get into Superman? Well, Phil, I introduced myself first, so why don't you go? Okay. Uh, well, Connor, I'm like the same age as Ray, so I'm like an old guy. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so that first Christopher Reeve Superman movie came out the same year I was born. That's like one of my very first memories is the, uh, that first Christopher Reeve Superman movie. So that was a big influence on me. Uh, and then, so between the Christopher Reeve Superman movies and like the Super Friends cartoon, that was like my first exposure to Superman. Well, and Batman. Uh, you know, it was the, like so that then I watching all those. Then it got me in the comics and yada yada yada. I've been basically reading comics nonstop since like the age of ten. So, 
Yeah, awesome. Well, yes. very similar. <laughs> sorry, go on. Oh, no, sorry. I was just going to say, no, the issue we're uh, reading, to, uh, we're going to review tonight, I bought it brand new. Wow, nice. <laughs> oh, oh, was this I like wasn't... the first one you bought, or was this like in the middle of your buying? It's it's one of the first uh, Supermans I ever bought, yeah. Okay. It's your favorite issue, right, or is that someone else? Uh, it's one of my favorites. Okay. Just, I, I don't know. I mean, the story's good, but I just wonder if it's more nostalgia than anything else. Mm. There's always a factor. I guess we'll get into that later, won't we? We'll, we'll uncover the mystery. <laughs> well, for me, it was very similar. I'm actually, I guess, a few years older than you. Um, the big movie my year of my birth was Jaws, so that gives you a hint. So I didn't see Superman in the theaters, but I did see it when I was on TV initially. And, of course, Super Friends growing up and just knew who he was because everyone knows who Superman is. Even if they don't read a comic, you know who Superman is. Yeah. He's everywhere. You know, saw a couple of those movies, especially those early years of HBO where it would just play like eight movies a month and play them over and over again constantly. So I know like Superman 2 and especially Superman 3, I saw a lot Mm. growing up. And um, once I got into comics and started with Marvel, but moved my way to DC, thank you, thanks to the uh, '89 Batman movie. And actually, I'm pretty sure what it was is one of those issues of Batman. I saw an advertisement for a new Superman story and was interested. It was uh, just a few issues after this one, the Crisis of the Crimson Kryptonite. Oh yeah, this, the whole story where he and Lo- proposes Lo- Lois as well, and that's where I started reading Superman. Okay, cool. I'm a, yeah, it's good to have people on here who are familiar with this era of Superman as well. Well, I think a lot of people are more familiar than Ray. <laughs> that, that, okay, well, that's true. <laughs> I've all meant in general because um, I read – like I picked up all of the John Byrne trades. Uh, oh, okay. So like Man of Steel Volume 1 through 9 and then I read – uh, the egg, then I, I've pretty much read everything afterwards, like until I can't even remember where I am at the moment. But Cat Grant's son got murdered recently, which was wonderful. Um, and oh, that, violent, that a, um, yeah. What was that like 93 or something? Is there a 93 or 94? I, I think, think I'm in 96 right now. Okay, well, I th- well that, that the murder was like 90. Yeah, I I don't know, but I long after Superman came back, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, he's in his mullet phase. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. But that was that was very surprising. (laughs) Like I'm like, oh, Adam will get away, he'll be fine. It's like, no, he's dead. (laughs) It's like, okay, wow. But uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to talking about this issue with you guys. Uh, So, but before that, um, as as you guys know, I've tried to talk about current. Superman a bit, like the current Bendis runs and the current uh, Batman-Superman title because uh, that's quite good right now and I feel like I'll talk about it until it stops being good. Um, so have, either of, have either of you guys read... Uh, well, I know you have, Phil, but uh, what about you, Al? Have you read Batman-Superman current ongoing? No, or? not yet. Um, one of the... 
I guess you could say that one, I guess for comic collecting, one of the downsides of being married is that there is a budget you have to stay to and mm. a space you have to stay to. Yeah. So right now, most of my, with a few exceptions, most of my physical comic buying are things that would be probably for the show. So mostly Marvel cosmic Yeah. with yeah. a few random exceptions. Um, I guess there's something tangential to this because Legion of Superheroes will always be one of my exceptions to buy. Okay. So that's all. So there's that. Uh, but I do have the DC Universe app, so I am interested in reading the current Superman stuff, and I will probably be getting around to that eventually. Yeah. Well, um, I guess it, it's interesting. I think I think the the Batman Superman title. I don't know what uh, you think, Phil. But I think it's the strongest Superman title right now. Um. Yeah, it might be. It's a it's a really good story. Well, is that coincidence or is that's like one of the few ones Bendis isn't writing right now? <laughs> um, I think it's I think it's a fun premise. Mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying the kind of uh, who's infected with this aspect. I like those kind of stories, and you know, seeing and Superman's not like just a dumb brick, like some writers oh, yeah. kind of make him. It's- yeah, they're actually playing up that investigative reporter thing. He's, you know, it, you know, he's keeping up with Batman on the detective side. I mean, it's a good story. It's a good premise. I'm just afraid they're going to burn out the whole Batman who laughs idea, like because it seems like every month there's something mm. with this guy. I think they've already burnt it out, but um, <laughs> like yeah. as you know, you know, Marvel and DC are like something's popular. Let's make twelve more of it. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look at Donny Cates right now, um, and Jeff Johns a few years ago. Like uh, just they're just being milked, and how long until they run out of milk? Mm. Oh yeah, because I mean, I mean, DC's been doing that for a while with Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn has to be everywhere. Yeah, and, and just this month with the Joker movie out. I mean, look how, how many mini series, Joker mini series, and stuff they have going on right now. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, they all do that for years. I mean, even well, going back to this time period. Oh, Justice League is selling well. Well, Giffen, do another series. Do Justice League Europe. Oh, you want to do, you're interested in Le- yeah, do Legion 2 and do this too and Oh yeah. You know, let's see how much we can pump out of these people while they're popular. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, on a brief tangent, speaking of Joker, uh Capes and Lunatics Phil's on a Phil's podcast did a review of it recently. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It was a good review because uh there was three of you and you all had pretty different opinions on it, which was nice. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um like <laughs> It's just funny because Charlie had the best uh, – he he liked it the most, and he's like – he really isn't a DC Comics fan. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I quite liked it, I guess, because we've talked about it a lot on this podcast, so I will tell people briefly. Um, I did quite like it. I gave it 3.5 out of 5 stars, which is like a – what I consider a pretty good film, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think it's, you know, like the second coming – I don't, oh no! I don't think it promotes any negative messages either. Um, I will say, like, why? Why is every single live-action Gotham better than the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it just that uh... you just didn't even try to make it seem like Gotham in those movies? Like, Batman Begins had a great Gotham. They basically, I mean, didn't they use, like, Chicago in some scenes? They didn't even, like, try yeah. to disguise no, Gotham. Yeah. This is Chicago. 
oh, hey, it's funny. The Dark Knight Rises, you can't see me, but I'm in a scene in that movie. Wait, really? Oh, cool. Yeah, the stadium scene. Oh, cool. Oh, me and my wife were there. Yeah, so we're in the crowd. I don't think you can even see us. But yeah, that was at our stadium here in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Wow. I'd love to talk about those movies one day, but uh, we're not a Batman podcast. So, yes. Um, but I do have lots well, of thoughts on those. <laughs> maybe I'll do something one day and I'll let you. Oh, that'd be amazing. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, anyway, back to. Oh, and one more joke thing. Did you read the John Carpenter one shot? Uh, I didn't know, I, but I know my one co-host was telling me that came out this week. There's, like I said, there's so many things. I'm yeah. like, oh, was that the one Carpenter's writing? So yeah, I might maybe want to go to the Wait. store this week. I might pick that up. Wait, John John Carpenter, John Carpenter, like yeah, the thing, yeah, the thing, Halloween, yeah, yeah, no, him. He wrote a Joker he... one shot. Okay. And it was that I am interested in. Like I. The only reason I read it was because uh, of John Carpenter, because as he said, it's heaps of Joker stuff. Um, but like, it was really, really good. I like, I've not had that much fun reading a comic with a Joker in it for a long time. Like, it was just very fun. Uh, like, because I read Brian Azzarello's Joker a while ago, and this kind of left me with the opposite feeling because I thought that took itself really seriously, and it was just, but yeah. Anyway, wow. um. Yeah, Batman, Batman Superman 2 was good. I'm looking forward to the next issues. Uh, Batman Who Laughs is just good as a plot device for me. Yeah. I don't really care about him as a character, because as Ray said, it's kind of silly. Uh, yeah, sometimes you better know, when they hold off in these characters. Like, mm. let, them, let us want them. I mean, when I... Oh. Going back to what I said before about reading Batman around the time of the... You know, the Keaton movie came out. Joker was barely in it, and half the time it was like a little cameo of him, like in the background, recovering from, I think it was the wounds from Lonely Place of Dying. And like, you were all excited, waiting for the Joker, waiting for the Joker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to every month, here's the Joker again. It's like, okay, that's nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's better in little bites, because like, even Marvel does that. Like, when they first brought Venom in, they do like once a year, oh, Venom yeah. would show up, but then they just started throwing miniseries after miniseries on. It's like, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or Doom. When Doom's fighting the Fantastic Four every single month, it's not as exciting as when you're wondering where where's Doom and what's he up to. <sighs> Disney, if you're gonna make a Fantastic Four movie, Doom doesn't don't make Doom the villain right away. Don't up Doom. And don't don't make him have like a really Weasley voice either. And don't give him the and don't have him be in the same accident that gives the Fantastic Four their powers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Uh, so many tangents, I love it. Like, I loved... I really liked the two Fantastic Four movies in the 2000s. I oh, thought yeah. everything them everything in them was great, except for Sue and Doctor Doom. I thought they were really <laughs> terrible. But, like, everything else I thought was great. Uh, you know, Mr. Fantastic, Human Torch, The Thing was great. Uh, Silver Surfer was fantastic. Lawrence Fishburne, that was awesome. Uh- yeah, that was good. Uh, thing was, he was really good as the thing. He was great as the thing. Not yeah. the best version of Galactus. A giant cloud. Yeah, no. Well, you see him inside the cloud, though. Sort of. You see, like, I mean, the silhouette of the head. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm I'm one of the minority. I really liked that sort of version. I thought it was kind of kind of scary that it's just so vast, and then you see him inside this huge stormy cloud. Um, I'm sorry, it's a giant purple alien in a skirt or nothing. 
And he must have bare legs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yes, anyway, so, uh, actually, just moving on, so, uh, about Bendis Superman. So, can we start with Superman 15? Because I have a bone to pick with this book. Sure, it's your show, go ahead. Um, yeah, and oh, since well. I'm not sure what I'm going to read them, I'm not worried about spoilers, so okay. don't worry about that. So, this is the one where the Legion pops up, but I'm not going to talk about the Legion. So... The Superman title, right? You pick it up, and he sets mm-hmm. up, and in the Superman Man of Steel mini, he sets up this whole mystery of Rogel Czar, Krypton, and Jor-El. Says lots of questions. The big ones being, who is Rogel Czar? How is he created? Uh, what is Jor-El's role in all this? And how is Krypton destroyed? Now, I didn't really think it was a great plot line, plot line but with the amount of time devoted to it, I still wanted to see some payoff. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you want to give anything away, but it's just like he was building up, building up, building up, building up, and then like just like ended it abruptly at, at issue fifteen. Yeah, um, yeah, full spoilers. Uh, so yeah, like he ends it abruptly. It's like he gets bored with that plot line and just discards it. So it's it felt so weird. I was like, did I miss an issue somewhere? Because all of us, okay, so Rogelzar is locked up. And it's briefly mentioned he's Kryptonian, I think. And then it's mentioned that Jor-El got sent back in the past to die on Krypton. And we see that. Where he was supposed to be, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. That was pretty cool, actually. We get no actual explanation for anything. It's like, okay, we still don't know what happened to Krypton. You said Jor-El created Rogelzar. How? Why? These are questions that need to be answered. Um... Um, yeah, like, I, I was just, I was just kind of dumbstruck after I read the issue. Because, as I said, I didn't care about it that much initially, but I still wanted to pay off with how much it was built up. Oh, I um, know, for like, at least what, the last year, it's just been a yeah. year, year and a half, maybe. It's just been like, oh, Rogelzar's the next big thing. Oh, you know, Tremble, here comes Rogelzar. And it's just like, oh, yeah, it's done. Yeah, Jorel's back. Like, I've back never, I'm not even kidding. Of all the comics I've read, I've never come across anything like this. <laughs> I think it's, 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 I think yeah. it's one of Bendis' weaknesses. It's he just like sometimes his pacing is way off. Mm. And my whole theory is like I like some of his stuff, like but like street level stuff. Like I love yeah. his Daredevil stuff. Yeah, Jessica yeah. is good, even the Spider Man. But it's like once he gets too, you know, once you get into like your Supermans or your Avengers or something, I don't know. He kind of loses something. Yeah. Like I feel like he got. He changed his mind halfway through, and he's like, you know what, I want to tell a story about John, and he just kind of brushed the other plot away. Thank you. That's what I've been saying. I'm just like, he seems like he's more, he he has Superman and action comics, and it just seems like he's more interested in writing a lot of other characters besides Superman. Yeah, like, I've been frustrated, because I've been buying these physically, you know, and... Like, I'll read issue after issue of the Superman title. I'm like, can you just call this Superboy or make a Superboy comic? Because I want to read about Superman. Um, and he just feels like he's a secondary character to John. And I've never been particularly enamored by John either. In fact, on this podcast, I have said I hate John. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, like, 
it, the reason I'm frustrated, it's not because I hate John, it's because Superman's like a secondary character in his own book. And he's... Oh, yeah. Like, when is it going to stop? Because the new issue was all about John and Damien. Oh, yeah. And Damien didn't seem like Damien at all. Yeah, no. Damien's more bratty than he was actually portrayed in this issue. Yeah. But I I don't think you have to worry about John. I think he, he's getting chipped off the Legion of Superheroes. Okay. Please say so he'll, yeah. be out. He'll, he'll be out. He'll be out. Yeah. Because I might... But, I might I mean, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I just I was gonna say, just yeah. I get your thing with John, and even like with the whole Leviathan thing. It seems like he's writing Lois more than he's writing Superman. Yeah, that 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 was weird too. The Leviathan thing. Um, I haven't actually gotten up to date with the Leviathan event. I read three issues, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna read the next one because Superman's in it. But before that, it's just people talking and All about. Yeah, but I don't mind people talking, but they're talking about information I already found out by reading action comics. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Superman's not even trying that hard to investigate, and I'm getting more information <laughs> from his comic than this whole book. But uh, I guess we'll see. Um, I'm glad you agree with me about Superman, though, because yes, I was just yeah, I was I was very taken aback when I read that, and I have felt like his book's been kind of hijacked. So, and that now we have this. Like, you know what's being planned with Superman 18? Uh, I'm assuming... Okay. Um, No, well, the Bendis' next plot line for Superman is uh, interesting, to say the least. Oh, boy. Uh, Yeah, Hmm. not in a good way. (laughs) So, um, I'll just give you that ominous warning. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah, we have a saying on my podcast. Bendis just came in and like rubbed his Bendis all over all over the whole thing. Yeah, and they they always need to have editing take control of these things. Sometimes, sometimes you get people. I mean, even people who are good need a little bit of boundaries. I mean, using Bendis as an example, I thought one of the better things he did at Marvel was the Siege miniseries. It was four issues only, and if you're just reading Siege, not all the crossovers. I thought it went very well paced well and told the story and got you know did what it had to do as opposed to secret invasion where i was like okay maybe you could cut an issue or Mm. two and condense it down and sometimes i wonder if it's a matter of that of sometimes when you get these people who are huge creators and editors like do whatever you want it's like well no everyone can use some boundaries yeah oh yeah sorry go on I was going to say, they just wanted big events because Bendis, you know, they, they were like, yeah. oh, Bendis is coming. Bendis is coming. He's, you know. Oh, but, I mean, yeah, yeah, if you have somebody as a style, let them do their style. Obviously, if that's why you're bringing them in, obviously. But you still need to have, sometimes you have to, like, you know, have some boundaries for them so they can kind of get a mixture of their style and the boundaries you want to have. And yes, sometimes yeah. that's good for people. I mean, an example completely out of the comics, but I mean. Look how popular, at least in this country, I, I don't have no idea if, he's, if you know who he is in Australia, but look how popular and huge Howard Stern was when he was still on regular radio. Yes. And once he goes to satellite, unless you have satellite and you want to pay for it, mm. it's like, is he still around? Does he exist? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that there's so many problems with DC editorial. Um <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen this new timeline that they're doing. 
Oh, that G5 or whatever? Oh, my God. I think that's what they're calling it, yeah. <laughs> Why? I Arch- saw an article about it, but I didn't get a chance to read it yet. It So, it dep- I mean, I don't know anything about it. It depends on how they're doing it. I mean, there's a Legion podcast, Legion of Substitute Podcasters, and they were talking about it a bit because they're talking about the Millennium miniseries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They said, well, it depends. If they're doing something like this where it's just these things happened and then these things happened and then these things happened, well, then you kind of – you're kind of just giving a general idea of like this happened first and this happened after that, but that's yeah. it. But if you're yeah. doing a 1985, this person is born 1987, this person's born, then you're really kind of causing a problem if you're doing it that way. Now I'm not sure which one they've said already. So I think they're doing I, the latter. I, oh, I see, thought, that could be more of a problem. Uh, I thought maybe they were trying to, I thought they were hinting around for a while that they were going to try to make every, every continuity, you know, pre-crisis after crisis, everything counts so like everything from you know bring it back superman action comics number one until now count i mean the thing is like they'll always count because they're stories that have been in print you know what i mean yeah like, see, they can, like oh well you remember what happened back in action comics you know i just yeah i'm gonna try to make it all as every time they try and fix the timeline they make it worse <laughs> yeah like like that DC continuity has never been as messy as it is now. Like literally, never. Um, rebirth. Well, they re- they re- yeah. They, well, they rebooted. How? Well, rebirth. The big problem there was they were like, oh, we we have the reputation of rebooting. We you know we don't want to be the rebooters anymore. But so they they started rebirth and they didn't reboot after New Fifty Two and some of the stuff got messy. Yeah, uh, they honestly they should have just stuck with New Fifty Two. Like the problems. Whatever problems they had weren't due to continuity, it was just due to writing. You know, write better books. If you write good books, people will buy them and people will be happy. You know, like, I think, honestly, I just think continuity is overrated. Um, well, I, I think they didn't have a timeline ready either, because yeah. they just, New 52 started, they are like, oh yeah, yeah, some stuff happened a couple of years ago, yeah. Yeah, just, they... just it. Sorry. Mm. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, is, yeah, I always thought the problem they had with the New 52 when they started that is that the same thing that happened after Crisis. They yeah. wanted to redo it, and they start up, and they kind of didn't have a coherent plan. Yeah. And so everything was going back and forth, like after Crisis, where Superman starts all over, but Batman's kind of still continuing. And yeah. then, like, you know, back and forth, and it seemed like the same. And that's why you had all the issues of back then of, like, oh, wait, Hawkman's joining the Justice League. Oh, no, Hawkman has actually never been here. Yeah. You know, and the same thing with 52, which they should have just restarted as opposed to, oh, oh, Batman and Green Lantern, because they're popular, continue on. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone else is new, and it's like, wait a minute, what's going on here now? You know, I mean, continuity is, it can be good as long as you're not overindulging it. It has to be across the board, everybody. Hmm. Yeah. They would have been better if they just restarted everything all at once then, and that was it. But the problem was they had to start 52 issues all at once, and you can't all of a sudden have Superman and Batman and Harley Quinn starting the same day. I mean, the best thing for them then would have been to start with just, like, Action Comics one month, Detective the next, and then Wonder Woman, and then, like, every month add another issue or two, a series or two of somebody else. Mm. So you still have that, but... that would not work money-wise for a publisher to all of a sudden have, yeah, like, same. one comic coming out. 
Yeah. So quantity over qua- I mean quality over quantity. Hmm. Yeah, but I instead mean, they had to have at least fifty something issues coming out a month. They couldn't just all of a sudden cancel all their publishing. U yeah. fifty two did work for some characters. Um but obviously not for others. Like I've actually recently I've read through the entirety of New Fifty Two Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, not not well for the first time a lot of it I'd, I'd read a lot of stuff as it was coming out but uh like that it wasn't that complicated like the m- most questions are raised were like has superman died before or not but that was pretty much it mm-hmm. it was like pretty coherent um but then when rebirth superman came out you replaced the current superman like the alternate reality superman who has this completely different backstory and then, you know, he's interacting with all these people, and they're like, you're not... It, 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 it was so... It's not confusing, because I know what's going on, but it's like, man, what are you guys doing? Like, I get why they brought Post-Crisis Superman back, but it was so... I don't know, it was just handled really weirdly and terribly as well. Like, it was just so... Like, I was reading Final Days of Superman, the New 52 Superman, and it was a good story, like, Tomasi did what he could mm-hmm. with it. And I just, I felt bad for the character because it's like, man, you're being killed by editorial. <laughs> you know? Exactly. I mean, I just, I don't know. I know, Connor, you've said you like the, um, was it the Grant Morrison action comics yeah. that, you know, um, I mean, it was a good story, but I think the problem with Superman in the new 52, it's like, you know, the, his parents were dead again. He wasn't with Lois. They were kind of making him like an outsider. And I'm just like, I don't know. I just see Superman as like, you know, friend to everybody. And it just, it it seemed like a weird tone. Like if you wanted to like isolate anyone, I would have isolated Batman and had him with no partners. I guess because, I mean, that's the thing. I guess one of the reasons I like, because I like post-crisis Superman, but that's like the only version that's not an outsider. Mm. You know, like you're, like I absolutely love Bronze Age Superman. Bronze Age Superman, and he's like the epitome of the outsider, you know? Like, he like he, he loves everyone. You know, he's not, like, weird, creepy outsider. <laughs> um, but, you know, he has, he has that sort of sense of loneliness because he knows he'll never fit in, he'll never be able to have a kid, he'll never be able to... You know, he feels alone. And I actually... I kind of prefer that type of Superman because if I had to choose his favourite era of Superman, it probably would be the Bronze Age. Um, mm. But it was different to post-crisis because he got together with Lois very early yeah um so yeah but I think yeah, you can do 50. yeah I think you can do you know the best of both world, both worlds though um because you know you brought post-crisis Superman back you made a lot of people happy but then you alienated a bunch of other people who did like the new 52 Superman you know now oh, they've yeah. tried to kind of fix that with Reborn um, which, you know, I don't know. It's all a very weird thing. Um, yeah. I just wish, uh, Didier would leave. <laughs> Get someone else editing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I heard, I heard DC, they were at, they had some, I don't know if they've cleared everything up, but they were having problems for a while. Like, I mean, like, major problems, like, they were considering not making comics anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's back and forth always. I mean, what about the whole thing about them trying to sell it to Marvel back yeah. in the 80s? Uh, more, so. 
Can you imagine if they did that now? Oh, it'd be impossible now. They'd be, it's way too much of a monopoly. Mm. You know, plus, they could in any way. They're owned by you know, the, between the Warner and Disney. Although, well, yeah. Well, someone would have to sell, yeah. Until Disney buys Warner. Exactly. Then you really wouldn't have to reboot because you know they want they would want all those characters in one universe. Mm. You would have to do a complete total reboot. To be fair, if you're actually go, not that I think they should, but if you actually are going to have Marvel and DC as one universe now, that is a pretty good reason to reboot. Oh yeah, yeah, be weird though. I mean, whether it's good or not, a good idea or not, is a different story completely. Yeah, but pretty epic. Other pretty epic thought. Hmm. Um, yeah. Well, uh, moving on. Um, actually, just one last thought. You know, found a way, I think, because the way I've been thinking, I've been thinking about Superman a lot lately. But, well, <laughs> I mean, a bit more than usual, I guess. I don't know. Just about the sort of thing you said, Phil, because I'm, I'm pretty aware there's, uh, some can't like there's two camps of Superman fans. I mean, there's lots of camps of Superman fans, but in regards to like Superman having a family and stuff, and the Kents being alive, there is definitely two camps there. Some people are like me, and they prefer him, you know, as more lonely, and the Kents are dead. Um, and then there's the other camp, which like him having a family and you know all that stuff. But I just feel like I think the best solution is while I was young for a big chunk of his career, have him be that outsider, you know. But then as he grows mm-hmm. as a character, he meets Lois, he has a family with her, and becomes sort of the Superman that's around now, which is kind of what's happened in current continuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, sorry, that was just my rambling thoughts on the matter. No, I just, I just think, like, Superman and, like, all these characters, I think it's... It depends when you started reading. Yeah. Like, whatever your first story was, that kind of sets the tone for what you like. Definitely. Yeah. That being said, like, my first really big memorable Superman thing was Superman the movie with Christopher mm-hmm. Reeve. And I like Christopher Reeve. I like him as Superman, but I mix on the movie itself now that I've read so much more Superman, as you probably know, because you probably listened to the episode I did with Tyler. Uh, and James and stuff. Um, and like, yeah, I even that, that long episode. Yeah. Very long episode. And I, I even, sometimes I have dark thoughts and I'm like, is Superman, the movie, the worst thing to happen to Superman as a character? Because I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I think probably Christopher Reeve, Superman's probably what, mo- I mean, Forget the story, the exposure, just that probably most of the world knows Superman. Oh, I didn't mean in the sense that it was bad, but I meant in the sense that everything has to be like that. Oh, you mean like limiting? Yeah. Because now that's it, what everyone knows. Because... Kind of like for 50 years afterwards, people, you know, any article about comics would still reference the Batman TV show from the 60s and say, mm. bang, zoom! Yeah. Like, every time I see someone draw Superman in like a mainstream comic like Christopher Reeve, I scream inside. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's not even around anymore. It's just like... <laughs> no, I'm, I, I don't have anything against Christopher Reeve. I'm just like... Yeah, I, I know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. It's weird, but I think... Uh, I mean... 
maybe is it just now that we have too many different versions of live action Superman that you know? But it's always been like this, I think. Um, and you know, I just draw Superman like Superman, not like Christopher Reeve, you know, because that, that's a very specific version of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I but, just... do you, but do you think it's that same effect we were talking about? Do you think a lot of the artists who are around now, maybe the Christopher Reeve movie was their first exposure? Oh, definitely. To yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the reason why Hal Jordan and Barry Allen are back. Hmm. Because <laughs> Jeff Those John, are the uh, ones. Yeah, that's the ones that he was reading. Yeah. You know, trust me, in 20 years, if the, you know the next Jeff Johns. We'll probably want to bring back Wally and Kyle as the main ones because that's the ones they started reading. Yeah, but I mean, like that's fine as long as you're not killing off other things to bring back the stuff you love. If you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Um, which is kind of like, as uh, anyone who listens know, I really hate Secret Origin by Jeff Johns because he just scrapped all the other origins and wrote his like fan fiction of Superman the movie. Um. Then it's like not as good as Superman the movie, so but anyway. I can't wait till the Secret Origins episode. That's gonna be fantastic. Um. <laughs> but, well, to be fair though, you could say John Byrne did the same thing. He took you know, he changed he did his own origin of Superman and got rid of the old one. Yeah. So, yeah. That's just what they they have them do. Uh but I guess uh, my point more was like Jeff Jones was just taking stuff from his childhood he really liked. I think a lot of John Byrne Superman was like editorial decisions as well. Um, and it was like, it was also a different creative take on the character that well, hadn't really been done true. yet. Um, whereas Secret Origin didn't really offer anything new. Um, Can't argue that one. Yeah. Anyway, um, if you guys want to write in feedback or guess for the Secret Origin episode, Go nuts. Uh, <laughs> we'll need someone positive on there for Secret Origin because I won't be. So, but uh, moving on from all these various ramblings and stuff that people I hope love, uh, we are here to cover two things today. So we are going to be talking about two of the Superman Flash shorts and Action Comics six forty four. Now, due to my incompetence, I have, do not have a synopsis for Superman 644, but that's fine, because we'll just go through the issue anyway. So, um, and we'll also be talking about, you know, that era and the events surrounding Action 44, the characters and stuff. So, is there a preference? Did you guys want to start with one in particular, or? Uh, it's up to you. It's your show. Yeah. You're the I'm guest, though. Like- the guests of honor. I'm good with going going comic first. Okay, sure. All right, well, let's start off with... Uh, we've been talking, about lot, talking a lot about Post-Christ Superman, so why don't we start with, yeah, Action Comics 644 uh, by George Perez and Brett Breeding. So I will just read out the credits before we get started. So the story is by Roger Stern and George Perez. Art is by George Perez and Brett Breeding. Uh, lettering is Bill Oakley. Coloring is Glenn Whitmore. Associate editor is Jay Peterson, and editing is by Mark uh, Carlin. And we have a very good cover here. It's an ominous uh, looking Superman, the grey and black costume, sort of, you know, red eyes glowing in the dark. Kind of red eyes of anger. Yeah. A la la Superman 3. Yes. Uh, Without the drinking or the um, super dickery. (laughs) Checked out peanuts. Yeah. 
<laughs> riding the Leaning Tower of Pisa. <laughs> <laughs> that poor shopkeeper. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so this, this whole issue essentially is... Um, so the, for a while, uh, okay, so that's the thing with this era of Superman as well. Everything's very flows into each other. It's like one big kind of story, but there's never any sort of break in the story, uh, which is a complaint I have about the era because it, it, it can be hard to get people into like some standalone stories because there's so many references to other stories. Because it's like they had like three monthly, there was like three monthly books that each yeah. had their own team but it was almost like a weekly book because like the story would go from one to the other to yeah. the other yeah no that is true but it on the positive side especially what you know they did if you were reading it it did make it feel like a whole yeah world like it wasn't just you know, a superman book a month and that's it like you got like this whole feeling of metropolis like as far as any comic book comic book city could feel it felt very real yeah you know? yeah yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, it's just it it'd be nice to get best of both worlds, um, because like I enjoyed Death of Superman so much more when I read everything leading up to it from the start. Like when I went from John Byrne's reboot to Death and Return of Superman, all one big thing. I enjoyed it so much more because I knew because if you just read it by itself, there's so many things that you don't know. You're like, who are these weird rock people? At the start of <laughs> Death of Superman. Like, why are they there? <laughs> You know? Who's this guy with red hair? Yeah, exactly. Why, why does Lex have red hair? Um, and people don't know if he's Lex. Who's Supergirl? Why does she turn into goo when she gets punched? Um, that was like a Who's big this? thing the first time I read it. I'm like, wait, is Supergirl dead? Why did she turn into like a goo thing? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this Bibbo? <laughs> yeah. He's my favorite. Yeah, but... But I mean that is a good era from uh, the John Byrne Man of Steel. It is, to, yeah, yeah. It's a great era. Um, like, uh, so this is this is following up mostly from a storyline called Exile. Uh, no, not Exile. Uh, well, pretty much Exile. I don't know. Superman's well, Superman's mopey phase. Uh, yeah, it's well, like you said, it's coming out of it comes out of exile but that the reason for exile comes out of the pocket universe story which is yes. where matrix comes from so yep. like you said though it is comes from two different storylines yeah yeah so yeah he finds matrix in the pocket universe storyline um which is like he essentially goes to a pocket universe created by the time trapper i know it is as confusing as it sounds <laughs> and that pocket universe is essentially like the silver age and yeah. Superboy and everything is running around. Superboy ends up dying, but the whole thing is uh, General Zod and his two cronies ended up breaking out, like the Silver Age versions, and they just totaled the whole <laughs> pocket oh, yeah, universe. They, they, they everyone on Earth, yeah. yeah. Yeah, everyone's murdered, because these are pre-crisis Kryptonian levels, so these are, you know, we can move planets. Much more, yeah, and I did like seeing this obviously less powerful Superman go up against those guys, and the whole thing was they're like, you know what, we might have powers now, but we are going to come out and kill your universe too. And Superman's like, okay. And then he just kills them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he uses, what, their version of kryptonite to kill them. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, he uses gold kryptonite and then regular kryptonite because it yeah. doesn't affect him. Which, uh, like, man, what a way to end your run, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, John Burns walking away going, you guys deal with that. Yeah, like, he, the conclusion was run as Superman executing these three powerless uh, people. And I'm like, wow, man. Like, it, that ended at a dark place. Um, like, I really love that storyline. And I like, it gives them a really good foundation for not taking a life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, it's just, it's really good. It's kind of a powerful moment because like, it's pretty horrific what happened to that pocket universe. I mean, I mean, uh, Al, you're the, you're the Legion expert. What didn't they create that pocket universe to kind of explain the Legion mm. after? crisis because superboy had been a member but then after crisis superman had never been superboy exactly because superboy was the inspiration for the legion and then they were told they had to get rid of superboy yeah so they had to figure out some way to work around that and then a few years later they were told no you can't even mention superboy yeah which is why they did that uh reboot in the next series of legion because they had to get that's when uh monel turned into valor Mm. Well, it all yeah. resulted in that that crazy story arc by John Byrne, which is quite memorable. Um, <laughs> I I really, how do you guys feel about it? Because I I really liked it. Um, I don't think Superman should kill willy nilly, but I thought I thought it was a good moment. Um, you know, I thought it was a yeah. I don't know. I mean, I bought it because it's like, you know, they, these cryptids, Zod and his people killed five, I think he's even saying here, five billion people, when he, and they even threatened, hey, we're going to come to your universe next. Yeah, they weren't remorseful. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm okay with Superman killing, depending on storyline, and very, very rarely. Yeah. yeah I'm not I'm not expecting him to murder every other day as no. a regular, just like, well, this is just a lot easier. But I mean, um. I was on another show recently, and me and my friend were covering uh, the show Back to the Bins from the True True Freaks Network. And we one of the issues we covered was number 82 of Superman, the last part of the return of Superman after the death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're reading that, he basically is intending on killing the cyborg Superman. Yeah. You know, and like, that's an instance where it's like, you know what? Okay, sometimes there's nothing else but to just go all out. And if it kills them, it kills them. But sometimes it's... You know, I'm not saying go out and murder everybody, like kill Snapplex, who's just next as the yeah, first well, thing he, you do. He, but... he, destroyed, he had destroyed a whole city, too, with, you know, Ray's yeah. favorite fungal. Yeah, Mongo exactly. <laughs> so he just kind of shattered him completely. It's like, this is it for you. You know, if he comes back, we'll be ready. But he said, if, you know, not like I'm expecting him to return because, you know, he's like, look, I'm trying to try and get rid of this guy. I think there was mm-hmm. another thing with that is Superman was less powerful. So he couldn't really afford to hold back because he didn't have the power to really have restraint. You know what I mean? Like, cause it was kind of do or die. Yeah. It's a little different for like pre-crisis Superman who could do anything Yeah. to be like, I don't have to kill people because I basically have just had to figure out the way to beat them and I'm going to beat them. Yeah. I mean, if he kills, it should never be someone who's less powerful than him. You know, like, we think of the instances where he has killed. I mean, even, I guess, the Kryptonians. I still consider them more powerful, though, even if they're stripped of their powers. But, like, that was, you know, these guys are extremely dangerous. They say they will come to your universe, and they've killed five billion people. They have to answer somehow. Um, Well, and also the difference is he didn't grow up knowing pre-crisis rules. So we're reading that going, well, we know what gold kryptonite does. It removes their powers forever. 
He's just like, I think somebody said this removes our powers forever, but I don't know. It was very I'm in- not here. Yeah. This is not my world. So for all I know, their powers are going to be back in 20 minutes. And you read that whole series, and you know it's very in character for Clark as well. Because you know how he works. It spends a lot of time on his thought processes, and it was believable. Uh, same with Doomsday. I guess Doomsday is another example where he's killed temporarily. Because <laughs> that oh, was yeah, definitely, he- like, no choice. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's about to die, so it's like, what am I going to do? Let this guy rampage everything still because, you know, I can't kill, but, you know, everyone else is going to die. What was that oh, line yeah. in uh, Superman Doomsday? Lex is really angry because Superman, he says he get Superman's being killed by a soccer hooligan from space. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah, similar to what he did in the comics. He was all pissed off. He's like, I'm supposed to kill you. Yeah, and just some giant rock came out of nowhere and beat him to death. So. It's, uh, yeah, we were just, my wife and I just finished doing a rewatch of the show Angel. If you guys ever watched that? Uh, I know oh, of it. Oh, yeah. We're covering that uh, every summer on our podcast. Yeah. Well, I mean, have you watched to the end? I don't want to spoil anything then. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen them all. Yeah. When uh, Lorne kills Lindsay? Yeah, yeah. And Lindsay's like, no, Angel's supposed to have, we're supposed to have the big epic fight. Not, you don't just kill me. Yeah, the side. This is not supposed to happen. Kill me? Yeah. Yeah. This is not supposed to happen. Oh yeah, I remember that scene from funeral. You know, funeral for a friend. Yeah, th- yeah. Didn't Lex? Lex was all mad. He's like, he's like, you're not. You're you're the new guy. You're not supposed to kill him. No, he's my mortal enemy. I was supposed to be the one to kill him. Yeah. Can I say funeral for a friend? I feel like is the best part of the trilogy. It is good. I mean, which is surprising because for most of it, Superman's not in it. I just think it no. deals with, like, his death in the aftermath in a really realistic – what I thought was realistic way anyway. I thought it was really good. Oh, yeah. They they, they played that, like, straight, like, oh, you, you know, not telegraphing that they were going to bring him back. They're like, yeah, yeah no. Like oh, the, tr- yeah, no, the trampling and stuff at the funeral mm-hmm. and all that. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that was out. I was, like, what, 16, I think, when that came out? And I actually was wondering, you know, because I hadn't been – through all these things for 5,000 times where I knew they were definitely going to come back, that I started to wonder, like, is he going to be dead for, like, a long... Like, how... Like, is he actually dead-dead? Like, are they going to, like, not have Superman comics for, like, the next couple of years? It was, like, six oh. months, right? <sighs> Three to six, I forget. It wasn't that long. It was less than a year, I know that. Yeah. But, I mean, I really started to wonder, like, wait a minute, like, what are they going to do? Like, they're going to publish Superman again, right? Oh, yeah, when the death issue hit hit the stands, I remember, like, news reports. There was people in lines, like, crying on the news and stuff. I can't kill Superman. <laughs> oh, that was before they did these so many times that we knew. It's like, oh. Yeah. James Oster's Thor? Well, Thor will be back. Don't worry. We know that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. You know, anyone else takes over for somebody now, it's like, well, they're going to be back. We know this. Or even, if they die. See in a year. Even yeah. Jarrell doesn't stay dead. No one's safe from resurrection. <laughs> You'd think Jor-El would be, like, he would be in the stay dead category, but no, he got brought back, too, so... I'm gonna have Zombie Mar and Pa Kent running around soon, I think. Um, That club's getting smaller and smaller. (laughs) (laughs) Clone Uncle Ben. Yeah, it's really just Uncle Ben and, um... Because Bucky left it, too, so it's really just Uncle Ben and the Kents. I'm sorry, not the Kents, the uh, Waynes. Yeah, the Waynes. Uh... Uh... Oh, I don't know. I don't know. There are Flashpoint Batmans running around right now. So there's Is he? Thomas <laughs> around. Yeah. He yeah. Tom King has Flashpoint Batman running around. Yeah. Oh, wow. Crazy. So, Flashpoint Joker, too? Uh, no, they haven't No, they haven't had her yet. It might as well. Bring him back. 
Constantly Uncle Ben's sitting there all by himself. Absolute madness. <laughs> or but, Uncle Ben's all by himself. Like, no one's here anymore. Uh, going back, so Matrix, <laughs> this person, she was like the last survivor of that whole debacle in the pocket universe. And Matrix is essentially like this artificial thing, which became, like, thinks it's Lana Lang, who is Supergirl. Um... Yeah, didn't that didn't that universe's Lex create her? Yeah, and yeah. she kind of like the form of yeah, like a, She's a protoplasmic thing. She basically is like shape shifting and psychokinetic abilities. So she, yeah, and now thinking she's the people she's intend, uh, pretending to be. To so heal, that way they can have a Supergirl without you know because they wanted him to be the last Kryptonian. Yeah, which I totally get. I'm I'm in that line of thinking that he should be the last Kryptonian that isn't evil, but. Uh... I'm um, fine with that as long as we're just talking about the. There's an exception for crypto, because you know. Oh, absolutely. He's he's I'm in the exact same boat, actually. Like I love crypto. He can be there. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, all fine with crypto being around. And I also love how they redid his origin so that uh, he ends up in the Phantom Zone after defending Baby Clark. Yeah. Uh, instead of Jor-El just like using him as a test, <laughs> sending him <laughs> off into space. Um, you're all so horrible. I'm going to send your puppy to space, and then I'm going to take this monkey. I'm like, you just kicking everything you can grab into space pre-crisis. He's such yeah. a dick. <laughs> Whereas in this, it's like, it actually makes sense, and then Clark rescues him from the fan zone later, and it's nice. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that being said, I don't I don't mind if Supergirl's around. I just, if I chose, I'd prefer she'd be, like, this or, like, what they did in the animated series. Yeah. Which, uh, she had Daxamite in the animated series, or was it just, like, another planet in the same sort of area i thought she was still basic i mean it's been a while since i watched some of those things although i'm rewatching batman but i thought the supergirl in the animated was basically kara zor-el his cousin or uh, was it I, I can't remember either but wasn't wasn't argo in some versions like ripped off the planet before it exploded so was that yeah. what they did well yeah, in the, in the animated series she wasn't kryptonian she was from another planet um, and he found a oh, fire distress signal or something. But it was, like, a planet in the same solar system, I think. Hmm. So, yeah. I, but It's been a while since I saw that those early episodes, so I just assumed she was just Supergirl. Yeah. Actually, I, I just covered the first three recently for another podcast that'll be debuting soon. Not my podcast, I was guessing, but uh, it's animated DC movies. It'll be good. Um... Anyway, yes, so he took Matrix to Myron Park Kent and Lana, he just dumped this thing on them, and he's like, hey, can you guys look after this? <laughs> I mean, he always I'm does out. that. I mean, he does. does it with- <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, sure, man, we can do that, Clark. And oh, Especially after he exiles himself in the space, because... Yeah, which is like... Probably in my top ten Superman storylines. The whole exile thing was awesome. You know, yeah, coming like I love just uh you know, he's just wandering around space, coming across weird stuff and the Mongol stuff was good. I actually have did you guys get the Exile omnibus that came out last year? No, I don't have that one. No, I have it in the trade but not the omnibus. Oh, it's gorgeous in the omnibus. Like the artwork is so good. Um, I highly recommend it if you ever get the spare funds um this issue's in that omnibus actually as well 
But yeah, it was that the whole thing is like Superman was feeling guilty over killing the Kryptonian. So mm-hmm. like he was running around basically in his sleep as gangbuster. Yeah. And then, he, then he's like, oh, oh, my God, I'm out of control. You know, how do I know I'm not gonna, just going to run around killing people or something? So that's why he exiles himself into space. I could have done without the whole he was like moonlighting his gangbuster thing. It just makes things convoluted. <laughs> I think you can just have I him just be guilty and like, leave. Shocking, where it's like, you know, they didn't want some rinky dink explanation why he would just exile himself. He's like, oh my god, I can't trust myself. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, but I think I think like killing people is a pretty solid reason to exile yourself. But um, if you're Superman anyway. But uh, I actually was taken aback by Gangbuster. I didn't think it'd actually be Clark under there, but you know. Uh, but that brings us here to this story entitled Doppelganger. Um, which which has a nice opening page where Clark is flying back to oh, the yeah. farm. Some beautiful George Perez art. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can't go wrong with uh, Mr. George Perez. No, God, no. Yeah. So he's, he's, you know, he's coming into Smallville and stuff. Everything's kind of trashed. Well, there's like one building that's been trashed and uh, everyone's like, yeah, only one person could have done this. It only could have been Superman, but you're right here. So... Who was it? And yeah, Clark's putting two two together. It's like, hey, I left this, you know, superpowered thing with Mar and Pa, and uh, so he flies over to the Kents, and yeah, he sees himself inside, which is like this really weird, like not hostage situation going on, but kind of. Oh yeah, because <laughs> everyone looks pretty scared. <laughs> Well, well I mean, like the, guy, the, guy, the guy can kill you. Well, I say guy. The guy can kill you just by staring at you hard enough. It's like, do you really, you know, and he's kind of mentally deranged. Do you really want to set him off? Yeah, he's got a very hairy chest as well. I'm just saying. I think so did Superman yeah. at this this era. Oh, totally. Oh, I'm yeah. Just, yeah, I'm just pointing it out because I'm, I'm looking at it right now. So he's all just yeah. so he has that really crazy look on his face. <laughs> it's like, mm, I love pancakes. So what a wonderful breakfast we're having. My three favorite people. But I do like how they do this um, when Clark's talking. They both kind of start talking. There's this really weird link between them. Oh, yeah, because of the Eradicator. Yeah, which yeah. is a whole other story we won't get into. Um. <laughs> I mean, it basically, it, he just basically gets this Kryptonian machine when he, you know, during Exile, which basically linked their minds. Yeah, the, the, the yeah. Eradicator is the epitome of just does crazy stuff by being around. Um, but uh, yeah, they start fighting. Well, I mean, the Matrix initiates a fight, but they start fighting because, you know, Matrix is kind of... Losing it. Confused. <laughs> just a bit confused, because the whole thing is Matrix thinks it's uh, Clark Kent. And was even spending time as Clark Kent during exile, like in his apartment and stuff. Yes, what a coincidence! While Superman's off, you know, we had a Clark Kent stand-in, so no one noticed he was gone. Imagine if they knew exactly. that it was like a walking pile of goo. <laughs> the Daily Planet <laughs> stuff go through a lot. Um, All the Clark Kent as a space alien headlines, and they that, wouldn't be far off. That's another good point. They, yeah. Yeah. So he's he's taking him to the quarry where he's, act well he's not to, like he's accidentally holding them hostage is how I'm gonna word it because 
he is, but he doesn't he mean thinks, to. <laughs> he thinks he's defending them. Yeah, there's there's a lot of like really great panels here, like his eyes going red while he's like smiling kind of innocently. Um, oh yeah, page what, uh, nine, I think, right? Uh yeah, page nine. Yeah, that's a pretty cool one. Like it's almost like uh, he's smiling, and you're almost like, are you gonna just fry us now? Yeah. Oh yeah. But then ten, page ten is that splash page where he like makes the gray costume. Yeah. Which is like the. It's a remark you got like you know the old uh, the black and white George Reeves. Yes. Because yeah. that was like the actual color of the costume that they used. Because obviously they weren't filming in color, so they had to choose like uh, these grays and browns to make it stand out on um, black and white. I wonder if there's like an homage to that. Hmm. Maybe I'm not sure. I could see that. Like I, I would chalk it up to coincidence, but a lot of these guys right now would have grown up watching that show. So. Oh yeah, because this is uh, what is it, '89? So yeah. Yeah. Uh, this yeah, so that show would have been out re- relatively for them the same like you know same time difference as this comic is for us. Yeah, I mean even John Byrne said, you know, he was very inspired by the George Reeves cartoon with his Clark Kent. Um, the slicked back hair and stuff, the different spectacles. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I always love in comics when they say a character's name, and it's the logo. Oh, yeah. okay. you've got the R, little R next to it. Yeah, <laughs> call me <laughs> Superman <laughs> trademark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it always it always gets me. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of like uh, just <laughs> there's just a lot of drawings of his face, kind of like a the unhinged face smiling uh yeah that eradicated take and and clark's like all clean shaven and matrix you know has the stubble going on and yeah i mean we're getting kind of superman 3 here kind of (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. even the hair's unkempt and everything yeah um so i mean the poor kents right like they're pretty elderly (laughs) They don't have to put up with this. Um, I just, just like Lana too. It's just like you know, I I knew the guy in high school. Now I just yeah. you know, get in just, all these dangerous situations. Uh, and because she lived with them, she got turned into like a manhunter probe or whatever. I was, I was gonna say that, yeah. <laughs> and Lex Luthor kidnapped her at one point, and his people worked her over. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. These guys have been through a lot. Um. You know, could, I want to divert just briefly, like I do in this podcast, a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, because as I said, I mentioned I read through all the New 52 recently. Um, mm-hmm. I actually thought most of it was pretty great. But you know what I really hated? What I thought mm-hmm. was garbage was the truth uh, arc. Where he oh, okay. the, gets the exposed. Yeah. yeah, I don't mind his identity oh, getting outed. That's fine, but... Yeah. Like, they just changed his personality completely. It's like, I felt like editorials, like, no, you got to make him ride a motorcycle, have a beard, and be a jerk. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like he was, yeah, he was yeah. not the same character. But anyway, um, his identity you mean, gets... You mean casual Friday Superman? Yeah. Because he didn't even have the suit or anything? No, and it was just, just bad. Like, everything took a... D- like, Greg Pak's Batman Superman title was probably my favorite title in the new 52 and that even that the writing in that just took a huge hit because editorial is obviously telling him not to write superman um, yeah 
But uh, anyway, his his he gets outed in that, and man, do people treat him terribly? <laughs> like, you know, because I'm just seeing like Lana sticks by him, but everyone else turns on him. Like Perry White disowns him oh, until yeah. he dies. <laughs> like, and it's just. Oh. I, I just remembered. Is that what you were talking about? That's what's coming up in Superman because doesn't Ben is supposed to be outing? Him oh yes, too? that that's what's coming up. Um, yeah. Which is oh, like that's why right. I remember seeing something about that. Why is he doing it? It's not going to stick. And because he he loves that gag. I mean, he did it to Daredevil. Uh... I mean, it worked. It worked for Daredevil. That was kind of like a yeah. fluke. Yeah. Um, but it's it's like they did this with Superman like two years ago. Three years ago, whatever, you know? Yeah, during New 52, yeah. Yeah, like, why are they doing it again so soon? Um, I swear, if Bendis ends it with Superman reversing time, <laughs> I'm going to lose it. <laughs> what, spinning the planet around? Yeah, just to make everyone forget uh, his identity. Or he could do a super kiss, but that like, super kiss six billion people. Um <laughs> <laughs> But um, anyway, the, yeah, but uh, back to my point, like, a lot of the re- reason people hated him, okay, well, people just hated him because they were jerks, for one. Yeah. They're like, this guy yeah. saved the planet how many times, and now you're hating him because he was, like, lying to you about his secret identity? The guy has a right to have a private life. But anyway, um, the reason Perry hated him was because of situations like this. The amount of times he put the Daily Planet stuff in danger because he was Superman, and, like, these alien beings would home into onto him. I thought was like a pretty good point. Yeah, uh, I was actually thinking about that a few minutes ago uh, when we were saying how like we were talking about how like Lana is you know everything Lana is dealing with, and I was thinking, yeah. well, at least this time she knows why she's dealing with all this stuff because she knows who Clark is. I mean, it's kind of a unfair thing sometimes if people have the secret identity and then like the people in their lives keep getting stuck in all. I mean, look at Peter Parker's life. Yeah, you know, yeah. If you're in Peter Parker's life, you're either going to get killed. And resurrected, you're probably going to get superpowers, you're going to lose superpowers, <laughs> you're going to get cloned, and it's like, at least Mary Jane knows why this crap is happening to her. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's a bit Flash irresponsible. Um, you know. Like, because, yeah, the, the Kents know and Lana know, and they've, they've chosen to be, you know, they're fine with it, but people like Perry and stuff, they're not aware. <laughs> um, I mean, what did... Yeah. Actually, Perry's son didn't die because of Superman. It was just involved. The whole Satanus thing. Yeah, well, that was Jerry's own dumb choices. That had nothing to do with Superman. Yeah, yeah. You can't blame that. No. You mean, you mean the kid Perry White thought was his son? Ooh. Ooh, yeah. That was that was a good twist, actually. I like that. It was a bit soap opera, but, you know, I was all into it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Lex has a kid. Uh, not anymore? No, not anymore. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was just a random thought I had. Uh, moving on, yep, still fighting Matrix, and the place is getting trashed around these fragile humans. Uh. Oh, and Matrix can go invisible, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Matrix does not have the same powers as Superman, because as you guys said, it's all like, uh... Well, yeah, like he, like, he, yeah, like he tries his best to imitate, you know, instead of heat vision, he has like a psychokinetic blast or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he's got the, he's doing the, you know, I'm Superman, not you, me. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, because it's just it's the, the 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 thing about the, this whole story is like in, thanks to the mind link, like Clark will start saying something and Matrix will finish yeah. the sentence, which I love. It's it's really cool in the way oh, they do the panels. Cool. Yeah, I thought that was a great addition to this, like showing that it's not this is not somebody evil. Yeah, no. you know, they're just really really confused. Yeah, uh, but it's a very powerful person who's dangerously confused, unfortunately. And, Unfortunately, uh, yes. The big beam lands on Lana, which looks pretty nasty as well. You know, the, like, this situation is something that could easily kill her, or any of them, really. Um, but, uh, yeah, they keep fighting. Things keep collapsing. Uh, Mark Kent's kind of like, hey, come help, please, son. <laughs> she screams out oh, his I, name. Yeah, she screams Clark. As, uh, yeah, the whole building starts coming down here. I think they've used that panel elsewhere before, but just him, like, throwing himself on top of them. The cape. You know where we see that? In, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the next thing we're talking about, that exact shot, yep. pretty much. Um, yep, which is Lois instead. Yeah, which is, a, it's an awesome shot, though. Um, and that I'll, is an awesome panel. Yeah. Now, is his, I can't remember, because I've been reading, whenever I read Superman, I'm going all over the place, so, is his cape invulnerable? Not at this point. Okay. That's what I was gonna say. I don't know why. I don't know why he did that because yeah, the cape isn't invulnerable. Isn't yeah. this the where it's like he has like a like almost aura. like a paper thin aura around his body, so it mm-hmm. kind of protects the suit. But yeah, his cape's always getting trashed. Yeah, because that think, way they can show the damage. You know, with the cape being tattered or ripped up, they can yeah, do like he survived. I feel like the cape should be invulnerable because it gives him a reason to actually wear it. Um, and it's a cool feature. Who doesn't want an invulnerable cape? I mean, I he might it might be invulnerable now because I know in the beginning of the new Fifty Two at least it was invulnerable. Yeah, it was, and it, I'm pretty sure it was back in pre-crisis as well. Oh yeah, yeah well um, pre-crisis all his clothes were Kryptonian cloth, so yeah, def- everything Kryptonian is invulnerable. Yeah, um, until Crisis on Infinite Earths anyway. But, well, um, yeah, yeah. All right, so a um. Yeah, Superman is kind of like trying to get into Matrix head. He's like, hey, look look what you've done. These are the people you say you're trying to protect, but you're actually hurting them. And he's telling him about his experiences in space and stuff, trying to convince it, him, her, I don't know what exactly to call it. I know, it's weird, it's weird saying he, because he has become Supergirl, but I mean... And I don't yeah, want to call cause... it it either, because it's not really an inanimate object or anything. We're not talking about a chair. Oh. Yeah, I know. But... Yeah, this is a really cool panel here, though, where he's screaming no, and he's got, like, the weird oh, the, light in, in the his mouth. mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Because he starts seeing Clark as Zod, and he start, yeah, starts blasting him with, you know, blast from his hands. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's getting flashbacks to the, you know, five billion people being murdered. Um, but luckily, Superman can tank through his blasts. So, and basically, yeah, kind of he's like, he's like, say, he's like, say you're not Superman. Does Superman throw a blast from his hands? And Superman, that's a Superman kill. And Matrix is like, no. And yeah, Clark's like, yeah, I learned that the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. At least he says not anymore. Because when he first said, when I first read that part, I was like, well. Yeah, no, you did do it. Killed. So, and then it's like, okay, never mind. At least he acknowledged it. Yeah. But also, by the way, the Superman walking through the blast is also very similar to the th- to the part we're going to cover next too. Hmm. Yeah. 
Um, so Matrix takes off because they're like they don't want to put another life at risk, and they they're pretty much doing their own exile. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Lana doesn't look too healthy. Well, she has a hairline fracture and some cracked ribs. Yeah, good thing one of the Kents didn't land under that. Um, oh, I know. But uh, I I love the art with like Matrix and like now that he she is like sane, like the eyes go back to normal. Yeah. And then uh, Matrix flies like rem- she goes back to the Kents, and you know like. The good memories, nice people, but he's like goodbye Smallville, goodbye Earth, and pretty much mirrors kind of Superman's departure from mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Earth during the Exile storyline. Uh, but uh, yeah, we may never see I them love, again, but we do. I was gonna say I love that very last panel. We may never see him again. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, until Panic in the Sky. Yes. Uh, I. Which was so good. Okay, cool. I didn't like it. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. Um, I wanted to. I think I just I don't like that brainiac. I don't like how he has like a mustache. Um, but you know, I I actually I bought Panic in the Sky actually because I've uh, I bought as many trades as I could that were from this era Mm -hmm. because they're pretty hard to come by. Like, if you want to get, like, the backstory of the Eradicator in physical form, you're going to be paying, like, $100. So, There yeah. There was a trade, like, oh, when did I get that trade with the Eradicator? There was stuff with the Eradicator, uh, like, probably 10, 15 years ago, maybe. Or maybe more than that. But, yeah, it was. they've collected a lot of that stuff in trade, so. Yeah. Yeah. They go back and forth to that. They'll start volumes of it in the middle. They'll stop. And the thing is, there's also a lot of these volumes, uh, collections, where it's just, like, Different stories, not in sequential order. It's like, here's yeah. Brainiac stories, and here's Lex, Best of Lex Luthor, and, you know, here's issues showing Lois and Clark's relationship, because the TV, Lois and Clark TV show's out now, so. Yeah, and some of those trades, like the Superman versus trades they put out, they'll have, like, just parts of, like, a multi-part story just lumped in there, which really annoys yeah. me. Um, but, you know, we got we got that Superman Exile and other stories on the biz last year, which collected Exile, but, like, also a lot of stuff before and after Exile as well. So maybe there's hope we'll get more if we got that. Because I didn't really see an Exile omnibus coming, but we got it, so... You know, it'd be nice instead of another uh, Death and Return omnibus. Because I have, like, three of those now that they've put out. Maybe. He has other stories. (laughs) Yeah, there's other uh, things he's done. I was yeah. going to say, do you think some of these stories they're hesitant to put in trade because it's like, it's not this Kryptonian Supergirl? Uh, no, because this, 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 as I said, this story made it into the Exile trade. Oh, okay. Like a bunch of the Matrix stuff did. So I would like a John Burns run to be collected in a couple of omnibuses. You know, and then you could actually have that before Exile. I knew it would make sense, so... Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, good issue, obviously. Um, good story. Know, definitely. Good story. Definitely amazing art. Oh, yeah. Perez. So definitely. it looks great. And Roger Stern, you know, we're not at the Triangle era yet, but he definitely was one of the stronger writers. Yeah. Um, that Superman had. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, yeah, uh, like, like most issues from, like, there's, at this particular point in Superman, there's not many dud issues. It's coming to a point where there will be some dud issues, but it's not there yet, so. Yeah, but I think we're still in that sweet spot. Like you were saying, like the bigger world and how the issues were kind of connected. I think they did that like a even like a better job back in this era of like saying, okay, well here's where I was at last week. I was fighting Inner Gang. Okay, I'm here. Yeah. Um. So what we what we do is after we do something, we actually rate it out of ten, and we choose something to rate. Uh. So let's let's rate this Matrixes out of ten. So um. Who wants, uh, you picked it, Phil, so you can go first. Um, again, I don't know if it's just nostalgia or, I mean, it is a good story, great art all yeah. around. I love this era. I'd probably give it a 9 out of 10 protoplasmic blobs. <laughs> cool. You said Matrix, it. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, <laughs> there's a blob it's Clark Kent walking around. Um, yeah. All right, uh, I'll go next. I'll give it a. Sure. Sorry, <laughs> I just I just I just thought I'd take initiative instead of awkward no. silence. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll give it seven point five protoplasmic blobs. Um, I'm rating this not only just as an issue, but also just this this whole sort of uh, era I really like, and I'm also stacking it up against other issues that came out that era as well. Um, seven point five is actually a really high rating from me, as people who listen to this usually know. So, mm. like for all seasons, is like an eight. Um, no, I gave it more than an eight, but anyway, um, moving on. Yeah. I really like this. It's, I love this era. I love Superman. I know I keep saying stuff like I prefer if the Kents are dead and I do, but it doesn't mean I don't like this era a lot. Um, so yeah, it was good. Great art, great action. Um, poor Kents. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so I am actually going to give it an 8 out of 10 because it is an excellent and, for the most part, single-issue story, which is great. Mm. You know, you can just pick this one up, and with the exception of a few references to something that's like what has happened before, you know, anything you need to know, you're kind of told here. You know, you really don't need to have read much other stuff. Yeah, it's a recap. Good, solid story. Yeah, good, solid story. Art is excellent. Um it's just not one of those issues that, like, there's nothing stellar that stands out that makes people go, this is a classic. Mm. But there's nothing wrong with it. It's just really, really good. Yeah. Not amazing. So, 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10 gloopy blobs. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Cool. Um, it was it was really fun to talk with uh, you guys about that whole era of Superman as well, you know. If we ever dive back to that era, feel free to guess because I love talking about it some more. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I like that. See, like I said, I love this era. This is one of my favorite issues, and I figured it would be a while before you drop the whole Matrix thing on Ray. Oh, totally. If yeah, because uh, that's the thing. We probably won't go to this era much because it's so connected. Yeah. With everything else, there's just not much standalone stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm trying to get Ray to read uh, the John Byrne run because mm. it's really well. I told, good. I think I, I think I told you in one of my uh, messages that uh, 
Yeah, I've been trying to pick uh, requests that have like guest stars to kind of try to introduce yeah. really parts of the DC universe. Yeah, it it does help because <laughs> that means I don't have to explain as much either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like right, I'm the next... Superman guy, not the DC guy. <laughs> yeah, my next request it was a Flash issue with Superman. So yeah, which probably won't hit till next year, unfortunately, because we're so okay. busy. But uh, it is there; it's definitely on the list. Um, You're so popular. Yeah, we actually have our first Legion request as well um, from the Swamp Thing guys. Uh, which one was it? I'm not sure. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you what it is after the show, because um, then I'll be yeah, able to just, find it. So just being curious, just curious. Yeah. Um, cool. Nosy. So let's move on to our next event, shall we? The mm-hmm. Superman Fleischer cartoons. Now there are synopses of these, but they like just describe the whole short. So well, yeah, only like barely ten minutes long. Yeah. So it pretty much takes you through everything. So what I'm just going to tell you guys: turn off this podcast. Go to YouTube, look up Superman Fleischer. I'll put it in the show notes as well, and watch the first two shorts in the playlist. They're only like ten minutes each, and they are so not a waste of time. Um, they're, they're they're great episodes, but all I'll say is uh, they'll keep they'll keep hitting you with the ads. Oh, uh, really? I've ad blocker, was, so I was um, hit with ads like ten minute episode. I was I got hit with ads like I think two t- two or three times maybe. Okay, all right. Well, before you do uh, that, go get ad blocker. because <laughs> um, that'd be I'm pretty sorry, annoying. Yeah. yeah, that would be annoying. I mean, I had I bought the DVDs like years ago, so I have it all on DVD. So I no yeah. ads. I just put it on. It just it goes right into the next episode. I watched the first nine last night. Oh yeah, this. Oh, and the other thing is, um, they're free domain as well, so you're not breaking any laws or anything by watching them on YouTube. Uh, which is awesome. And a lot of people think that Superman should be free domain, which is an interesting discussion, but for another time. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, I watched. I watched nine. Um, Al, you watched nine. Did you just watch the two, Phil? Did you go further or? I, I ran out of time. I would have watched more, but yeah, I watched the first. Two. I've I, it brought back. I I've I have watched a bunch of these. It's been many many years, but yeah, I, I've I've watched a, a few of these before. Yeah, yeah. So let, let's talk about Superman and the Mad Scientist first. Uh, yeah. Like I mean, wow. You know, I don't think DC Animation has topped these. I think um, I've heard no. this before, and I can see it, but w- didn't didn't they say like at least some of the inspiration for Batman the animated series came from the Fleischer Superman? I think more than some. They pretty yeah. They said it was like their major inspiration for the animation style. Okay. Was the Fleischer cartoons, um, and I can definitely see it, and it really works as well. Mm. Um, I don't think they translate it as well for the Superman animated series. Because when you put the Superman animated series next to these, the Superman one doesn't come out looking uh, anywhere near as good. But um, well, the, well, the, well, they uh, Superman the animated series was a much more bigger like story. Like I think this animation style works better for the smaller stories like the Fleischer Superman and even yeah. Batman. Yeah, and the early because this is the early '40s Superman, so he's not the 
you know, the Superman animated series, you're expecting Superman flying around the world and dealing with, you know, alien armada invasions and dark side and everything. This Superman is, you know, barely flying. The funny thing yeah. is, though, I feel like this Superman is more powerful than the 90s animated series Superman. He might be just because, I mean, that era in the comics, that was still, you know, post-crisis Superman and he wasn't, you know. And they, they, they depowered him even from post-crisis. Like, he was less powerful than, like, the start of post-crisis Superman. Like, I mean, this dude, uh, oh, he got knocked around by, like, everything. <laughs> um, and I, don't... I mean, they're still learning what his power, you know, they're still figuring out and doing, you know, he's getting, he's, this is when he's getting more powerful. You know, new powers are showing up Yeah. in this um... time period, you know. So, yeah, and I'm not I'm not complaining that Superman's not powerful. I'm just saying it's like I because I, I, as I said, I watched uh, the first three episodes and I, I've seen the animated series before. And I just I feel like it might be the least powerful kind of mainstream Superman that there is. Um, Maybe um, it might also be in comparison to what he's fighting, though. I mean, I'm trying to remember, like, you know, in the animated series, what he's fighting might be more powerful than what this Superman could deal with. But because this Superman is dealing with stuff that's not as well, I mean, like, high-velocity bullets hurt Superman in the animated series. Like, he was just oh, fighting mercenaries. Fine. Yeah. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> I'm going by memory a lot of the times on this. Yeah, stuff. you should watch it again, though. Gives you an excuse to watch it again, so... Oh, I am planning on it, but I'm being kind of OCD about it, so right now I'm so going watching to... watching Batman first? Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm watching Batman, and then I'll get to finish that, and then I'll do Superman, and then Justice League again. I was actually going to watch Batman, the animated series again, but then I covered those first three episodes of Superman for the other podcast, so I'm like, I think I'm just going to watch Superman, and then I'll watch Batman. Because, um, like, you have to watch Batman first, but, uh, you know, it definitely does make sense if you do, but I'm like, I've, just, I've watched the first three episodes, I want to see what happens next, even though I've already seen what happens next. I want to see it again. Yeah, I mean, um, I saw them all initially, but it's not like I haven't watched them. yeah. And also, he's like a flying Dorito brick. I think, <laughs> I think the Superman anime series skipped leg day. Like, <laughs> how big <laughs> is his torso? Like, <laughs> well, they kind of did that with Batman in late in the later animated series seasons too. Like that last season. Yeah, when they sort of changed like they the style. This yeah. Oh yeah, like when they changed the titles, like the new Batman and Robin Adventures or something. I didn't like how they did that. I thought the old style was better. Oh, yeah, me too. Because, I mean, some of the updates, it's like you had a Joker that didn't have red lips. And yeah. And just, like, bowls is very weird. It was weird. Um, but, yeah, uh, back back to this Flasher cartoon. So we actually get an origin story in this as well. Like, very brief, but... um, And it's pretty much like the Action Comics 1 origin. Like, there's a green planet called Krypton... He lands on Earth, he gets taken to an orphanage, and he becomes Superman. Oh, yeah, and the planet blows up, too. Um. <laughs> yeah, so where is it now? I was looking up some stuff about the flat, about the cartoon, and um, where is it? It said something about the fact that the sound effect for the uh, Krypton blowing up was basically an apple being like broken in half and then... The volume chuck shot up all the way, you know, really, really high. Well, that's just ruined my immersion completely. Mm. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, here no, we go. That's pretty here interesting. Go. I found it. The sound of the explosion was the sound of an apple being wrenched in half, which was then amplified to the decibel level of gunfire. Oh. 
And it's actually, I'm reading this, I was like, wow, it's amazing how good it looks because Fleischer didn't really want to do it so much. They apparently have been yeah. bought or by Paramount, I think it was. And uh, they were doing more stuff like Popeye and Betty Boop, more exaggerated stuff. You know, with Superman, yeah. they now had to do more realistic looking people. And so they actually were trying to discourage them. And it said uh, Fleischer told the studio it would cost approximately $100,000 per cartoon. So it's roughly four times the cost of an average and would take seven months production time, which is more than twice the amount. And uh, Paramount said yes. Yeah. So it's absolutely insane budget for these cartoons. Ludicrous, which is, I think, you know, one of the reasons why I think this animation hasn't been topped by DC is because no animation by DC has had the budget that this had. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. But it's kind of funny. Like They were like, we can't do this. And now it's like the one that everyone looks back and going, look how good that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just, wow. Like I, you could just sit back and watch these. Um, they're just like, I grew, you know, I grew up with the Crystal Reed movies, but th- these are the other ones I grew up with, you know, mm-hmm. like mum had rent like a, the VHS of these from Blockbuster and I just watched them, you know? Um, yeah. Cause these were all, Play, you know, little cartoon shorts that played before the movies back yeah. in the 30, 40s. Yeah, yeah, these are actually yeah. in the cinemas um, as well. Uh, and, yeah, there's just, there's so much to love about these. Um, obviously, the two stars are Clark Kent and Lois Lane. Like, they're in every single one. Um, yeah, Bug Collier as Clark yeah, from the from the uh, yeah, they took everyone from the radio uh, show, yep. didn't they? Joan Alexander, who was also Lois Lane in the radio show. Yeah, and that's really good because when these two interact on screen, there's like already a chemistry there. Like, there's not much dialogue. But, oh no, it's almost silent. Yeah, but like when they talk, you can tell like these characters will have a rapport. They have their personalities, and like they'll have a backstory and stuff. You know. Um. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense for that, for that era, too, that it's like, you know, you take the radio actors because it's animation. You're not going to see the actors anyway. So it probably helped that, you know, these are people that acted on the radio. Yeah. And it'd be familiar for everybody. Anyone who was listening to the radio show would know, uh, oh, that's Superman. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Bob Collier, he's really famous for doing the definitive first, like, change of voice from Clark to Superman. Hmm. Oh, but I was doing. I was just just looking these up. Uh, I you guys say or Al said he saw them on uh, or has them on DVD. I guess they're at least on this side of the world. They they put them out last year on Blu-ray. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, makes sense. My DVD is let's see, copyright two thousand four. So. Yeah, I guess I'm on Best Buy's website. They uh they must have put one out uh, March of last year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this guy, this mad scientist, the whole thing in this short is basically mad scientist with his like bird <laughs> threatens to oh, like uh, use his electro ray on Metropolis. Um, and He's what, like basically, basically proto Lex. Yeah, pretty much. And um, you know, Perry White assigns Lex to help Lois, but like the thing that Lois doesn't is she always ditches Clark. And in one of them, she even steals his press pass so he can't get in. Yes, in Volcano. Um, <laughs> That's the worst one. It's one thing when she just kind of runs off on her own. 
like in this one where she's like, chief, I can do this myself. He's like, all right. And she goes off. Although the funny part is she just knows right where to go to. She goes right to the scientist's quarters. Yeah, yeah like, it, does, like, everyone know where this dude is? And I like how Superman just chills out and doesn't actually do anything until the ray actually hits Metropolis. He's like, oh, maybe maybe he was serious about that threat. I probably should get off my butt. And <laughs> oh, and one thing, by the way, if you remember from the, uh, the electric earthquake one. Yeah? It's not Metropolis. They yeah, it's call New it York. Out. It's Manhattan. Yeah. Isn't it Metropolis in the other ones, though? Or do they never mention... I, From what I remember seeing last night, like I was, I, that's the first time I heard them say a name. I mean, unless wow. I missed it, it's Manhattan, not Metropolis. I guess I always assumed Metropolis because I saw the Daily Planet building, so... Well, but, this uh, is still early Superman, so things are still kind of in flux. I mean, yeah. is that Perry White or not? I don't remember seeing anything says Perry White. Uh, they just call it is Perry White, yeah. Uh, it's like George Taylor. Yeah, uh, it's Perry White because this is coming over from the radio program, which introduced Perry White and the Daily Planet. So um, I like George Taylor, though. I, I like how in the Morrison Action comics where he started off working for George Taylor as well. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. That was a nice little nod to it. Oh, yeah. and by the way, speaking of the mad scientist, because I'm looking at it here, he was voiced by Jack Mercer, who was known as the voice of Popeye at the time. Wow, cool. Yeah, where was the Superman and Popeye crossover? That would have been great. <laughs> well, it was. The, yeah, this was the same. Oh, you mean Captain Strong? They did like a Superman Popeye crossover, like oh really? In the last, towards the end of Action Comics, like before uh, Christ, you know, before they changed over to the um, John Byrne era. Yeah, okay. There's a character called Captain Strong that he fights that basically is more or less Popeye. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, but um yeah i this is the first um like superman with the like let, let's just talk yeah superman with like the black s it's such a good look mm. not the black s the red s with the black background um oh yeah it's not the stylized one it, it literally is just an s yeah yeah and it's it's such an iconic kind of look um you know uh and the look the voice like uh Everyone who listens knows I love my Golden Age Superman. Um, and, you know, I, I love his build here. He's a very kind of strongman sort of build. He's not too big anywhere, like a Dorito. Um, you know, and Lois is great in these two. I mean, in the first two, she's just kind of, like, being an idiot. But, like, in the third one, you know, she actually signals for Superman. She picks up, like, a Tommy gun and uh, helps out and fires at the people and stuff. Like, Lois, Lois is a great character in these as well. Um, oh, I yeah, like I like her in these. Sorry. No, 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 I was oh. finished. I was going to say, I like Lois in these because it's, I mean, it's only one episode, one episode, at least of the nine I saw, where she kind of makes fun of him for being scared, but it almost comes off, based on all the other ones, like it's just a joke. Like, Clark is not just a weak, like the terrified of everything, oh, um... <laughs> You know, the car is going fast. I'm going to be sick. I need to leave. Clark is more like a, you know, actual person. Yeah. At least think, as far as Lois and the, the chief are concerned. I think that if they went with the Clark as like a bumbling coward, I think that would have made it too humorous. Like it would have just added yeah. like too much slapstick comedy to these. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do like when Clark's a bit more serious. They have to play it carefully though, so he's not acting just like Superman. 
Um, no, but like, he's hey. also able to deal. He deals with these things better because he is Superman. It's like when Lois ditches him, he, it's not, you know, anyone else, of course, who's a reporter would be annoyed yeah. because they're getting screwed out of their livelihood. Because he's <laughs> Superman, he's just kind of like, you know, oh, really? All right, let's see how this works out for you. Yeah, good point, Lois. You're screwing him out of his livelihood. You don't, like, know that he's Superman. <laughs> yeah, no, like I said, in some of the other ones, she just kind of runs off on her own. And that's not so much trying to screw somebody. That's just trying to get it first. That's fine. I think it's it was when this. Are... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I think, oh, it, I think it was this one where Perry was, like, it, it, or sends her on the assignment and, like, just because the air, I guess, you know, Clark was like, oh, this is a dangerous assignment, Chief. I'm, and I'm, I just turned in the back of my head, for a girl. <laughs> uh, but it's the uh, volcano one where she steals his press pass. Yeah, God. <laughs> it's like, he's assigned with you. He's not even like a competing reporter on like another newspaper or something. You know, he's not like your nemesis from another paper. Yeah, and you he's know, not being a jerk to her. She's just treating him like crap. Um but, but, but except for that, the other ones is just kind of her running off to get the story, which is fine. But I mean, they seem to be friends here. Like, how many times? Are, like, in the third episode, he's seeing her off on the train. He's it... visiting her at the circus before she goes to do the story on the circus and the terror on the midway. Isn't like, it this one though, where he sends them off and he's like, Perry goes, "Can you two get along for once?" No. Yeah. He says that in one of them, which implies that they don't really get along. It goes back and forth. It's almost mm. like a 40s... It's almost like a... You ever saw the movie His Gal Friday? I mean, in, in the comics at this point, uh, like, Lois, what, like, she would always do stuff like steal his press pass. And, like, even Superman kind of wrote her off. Uh, like, I remember the first time where Lois announces and Clark overhears that she's in love with Superman... And Clark walks out the room and just bursts out laughing because he thinks the whole thing is hilarious. Like, he doesn't actually <laughs> care. <laughs> um, he's kind of just what like, what think, an idiot. <laughs> what do you think the whole, you know, uh, career, uh, th- this the, the, in this era, that was the whole reason. They had to build in an explanation, I guess they thought, that why these two weren't would never get together. It's like, oh, well, Lois is, you know, too much into her career, and she's always screwing Clark over, so. Um, I think it's... I don't know, I think it's just because uh, she sees Clark as, like, weak, and she's too in love yeah. with Superman. Um, as And Clark, obviously, doesn't actually care until later on. In the 50s, yeah, really. Is, I um, think that's when he really starts to care, maybe late 40s. Actually, he starts, I think, maybe, in, I think it's, like, issue 32 oh. of Superman. So- a little earlier than I thought, but I thought you were going to say, like, it's issue two. And I was like, oh, never mind. No, no. But it's a, it's a really nice moment. He saves her from drowning, and uh, it's drawn really well. And, like, it's like, it's kind of the first time you see him really, like, concerned about her or someone. Because most of the time he's just kind of smirking and, like, beating people up. And, uh, but, like, that was the first time I think he started, like, becoming a bit more human, I guess, and, like, having relationships with people. Um, so it's, it's 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 a nice gradual development between the two in the comics, and I like how there's, like, a character growth in these Golden Age comics from the 40s, you know? Uh, but then, you know, the war happened, and he just started beating up Nazis all the time. But, um... Like you do. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> 
But yeah, so this mad scientist character, yeah, he, he zaps Metropolis, and I really like the part where, obviously the physics make no sense, but the building's, like, wobbling. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, the Empire State Building basically gets hit in the at the foundation, starts tilt falling over, and then Superman pushes it up, but then it falls to the other side, so he jumps the other side. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make any sense, but I just think it's, like, a great visual. It's just, like, an iconic oh, yeah. moment, him holding up that building. Yeah, so this this cartoon is famous for being the first time Superman actually flew instead mm-hmm. of jumped, because they thought it would look stupid if he was jumping, so they animated him as flying instead. Um, yeah, he looked like a kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I could use a, you know... Captain Kangaroo, who isn't a villain. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's just one of those fun, famous facts. Uh, you know, like the, the, the this cartoon and the radio program were just way more influential than what people think. You know, Kryptonite, Perry White, Daily Planet, uh, they all came from the radio, so, yeah. And flying comes here. Yep. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know... He's, uh, the, the, I like the whole sequence where he's getting hit by the laser and he just starts punching it. Yes. Like punching little projectiles in the laser while he's going up to the... He's punching his way through it. Yeah. Um, he punches his way through the door and he punches his way through pretty much everything in this. Uh, but yeah, I like, I like how the mad scientist has Lois on the thing lowering into the lava. And he's like, tell me who you work for, or whatever. But she's gagged. Yeah. So it's, it's like, <laughs> well, she can't tell you. Thing. Sign it. Sign language. <laughs> well, I think she was, her hands were tied, too. Yes. Yeah, so uh, it's, like, it's like, dude. Would we... big toe if I'm close, or you work for the government? <laughs> uh, so I thought that was really funny. Um, I guess he's a mad scientist. So. <laughs> yes. He's no, he's no Lex Luthor. No, he's not. Um, so yeah, but, you know, Superman rescues her, and this is where we get the, uh, the great shot of the cape, the lava spilling off the cape, he puts it over himself and Lois, uh, which is, yeah, classic shot, which we saw in the last issue as well. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, so maybe Perez was doing a bunch of homages because like we were saying with the uh, great costume might have been a george reeve i should maybe that whole panel with him throwing the cape over them yeah Hmm. possible actually so uh, superman takes science to jail where it explodes you know lois publishes the headline she has the scoop and they all say thanks to superman and then uh clocks in the camera gives a bit of a wink and a nod to the audience and uh, yeah, that's that's the end of the first shorts, which is uh, which is really good. I think I prefer the next short, but this short's still really good. Although we never find out what happens to the scientist bird. Um, <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> I'm assuming yeah, he just he has flies like a away. bird sidekick. Yeah, not as awesome as Brainiac's monkey sidekick that was there for one issue, but oh, um, Coco. Yeah, Coco, in his debut, nonetheless. Um. Well, yeah, they they gave a, a, a little monkey named Coco to Brainiac Five in the reboot Legion of Superheroes. Oh, did they? The one that came out after the one that came out after Zero Hour. You'll have to because we you'll have to come on for that Legion request because Ray and I are well, I'm a bit more clued in than Ray, but 
We're not Legion guys. So I don't know much about the Legion. Uh, I know their relation to Superman, so but that's about it. But yeah, and the one the version of the Legion started out with with Zero Hour. That version got a monkey. Okay. A Brainiac Five. Who doesn't want a monkey? Named Coco. I Unless want it's a like a Kryptonite monkey. Um, or Titano. Titano is great, and Titano is in. John Byrne writes a Titano issue, which ends up being King Kong, and Titano dies. Um, oh, yeah, yeah is, it like, is it like an? I think it was one of the annuals or something. Yeah, yeah, it was an annual, um, which is you know, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, we got to talk about the big barter thing, right? That was classic. What? You know when? Oh, she, that the, yeah, the porno mind about. control. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bert, Bert has weird things. It was like he has like a this weird fixation with She-Hulk, and then yeah, then they got the whole big Barna thing. I, think I that was... wonder if that's one of those things where Pete, uh, later writers were just like, we're just gonna pretend that never happened because you got to think, even under mind control and everything, that Mister Miracle is always gonna be looking side eyed at Superman. <laughs> always. Uh... Oh yeah, well you slept with the Man of Steel. You think I can forget that? <laughs> one of the domestic arguments one night. Um... Uh, I think that was like a. I don't think John Byrne likes Jack Kirby very much, so I think that might have been a dig at him as well. Oh, he's like, look at what I'm doing with your character. I'm mind controlling it to be in a porno. Um, it's pretty uh, spiteful. I don't know. Like I mean, that. he's written some stuff about really liking Kirby, and he did some pretty good stuff. I thought when okay. he took over the uh, they when they had the New Gods books for a while in the late eight, like mid nineties, and then they canceled them and just did one as Jack Kirby's Fourth World with Byrne doing it all. Huh. Yeah, I can't. I like my memory's not too clear about that big Barda story. So they actually went through with. I mean, they actually. Uh, Superman was able to resist. Okay. Because he's very strong-willed, which some writers seem to forget. Um, yeah, but it's kind of implied, like it's kind of vague. Like you're not sure whether it did or didn't happen. Uh, from what I remember. From I don't. I remember. Yeah, I don't think they did, but um, maybe we should uh, talk about it on the podcast one day. <laughs> Um, yeah, read that. <laughs> yeah, I think the best part dark. about that though was when Scott walks in and Darkseid sitting on like his purple chair with a <laughs> with a glass of brandy and the VHS tape of Big Barter's porno. <laughs> it's like was he's he com- was he wearing a bathrobe? No, but he was he was coming all the way to Earth just to like rub it in Scott's face that his wife was in a porno. <laughs> There's, there's a escape lot of that, escape that. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> I mean, there's there's a lot of times when people walk in and Darkseid's just like sitting on their mundane furniture. Um, <laughs> like it's uh, but uh, moving on. Um, so the next the next short is Superman and the mechanical monsters. Superman versus robots. Yes. Um, which I liked a bit. It, this is. Mm, this might be my favorite one. I really liked the Comet one though, but um, out of these two, it's my favorite one. Uh, not that I didn't like the Mad Scientist; it was gorgeous. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. No, this one was fun, and this scientist at least had more of a motivation. I mean, in the first one, the scientist just sends a letter saying, "Give me money or else." And then five minutes later, he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna start blowing stuff up." I mean, that's a pretty good motivation, but. <laughs> but I mean, he gets, but he doesn't really give him a chance, really. Do people are like, no, he really? doesn't. He's like, okay, you're all gonna die. That's it. This, this one, guy, the yeah, sends out these robots to steal things. 
how how nice is the intro to this when they're looking at like the jewel exhibit clark and lois and like i really love the music in this short as well um you know like these shorts like i go in these shorts and i feel like i'm part of like a universe you know like these characters already exist and stuff you know they don't just feel like throwaway superman beating up monsters you know um yeah i guess i'm just retreading what i said before but yeah um I, I, so it's like like robots are like good adversaries for superman because they're kind of like people but they're not really people so he can go full, full yeah he doesn't have to hold back um yeah. and then strong. he gets to just crushing them and they can do some cool stuff with him smashing it so like parts flying all over and it's not arms and they put up a good fight here as well like he does struggle to take a lot of them down um but he, you well, know he perseveres yeah, a lot of those yeah yeah it's like 30 or something something like that i saw at least i was looking at the numbers now they're not in sequential order but i saw at least 20 i saw like a number 27 yeah which it's kind of funny though like i'm watching that i'm like okay it's very obvious the number on the chest i'm like don't these people notice these numbers and go hey you know did we take a picture of the one that said five yeah this one says 13 all right so there's probably at least 13 of these yeah there's because they just called what the mechanical monster in the papers they think it's just one apparently numbers one through 27 are seen on screen so there's 27 of them that we see. Um, I think, uh, yeah, so I noticed something different about this compared to all the others, though. So you know at the start how it's like, oh, Superman fights for truth and justice, and then they go... But in this, they, like, make a note of including that he has X-ray vision. Because this is the one where X-ray vision becomes is used. Yeah. But in none of the others do they introduce any new power. It's only in this one that they just mention he has X-ray vision uh, in the opening. So, because he does use it, and he sees Lois yep. inside the robot, and he's probably like, "What the hell?" <laughs> yeah. Well, the power. Yeah, they only use that because they want. Yeah, they use that one power. But otherwise, it's just really just strength and flying. And even it's not always flying. Even in one of the one of them, he seems to just leap a lot. He doesn't even. I think that was doesn't even fly. Was that Volcano? He's pretty much just jumping. No, I think that was the Arctic Monster, actually. Which is yes, Godzilla yes. before Godzilla. Um, the worst-looking dinosaur ever. And the horrible mm. ending where it's, like, chained up really low to the ground in this zoo. Um, <laughs> just, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, there's not much... Like, this one is essentially robots kidnap Lois and then Superman goes and beats up the robots. But there's some really cool sequences... Uh, like when he lands on the power lines after he gets knocked oh, out of the air. Oh, yeah. And there's a really nice sequence as he's like ripping them off and stuff. Um, like the motion and the body language in these shorts are what like really stands out, you know? Everything yeah, just feels no. so natural. Like people move like that. Um like I, I, as I said, I love, I love. I'm going to compare it to Superman the animated series because it's like the probably next most famous animated series besides Super Friends. And like, I love Superman the animated series, but the dude's like a flying brick. Like he, he just seems very static. Whereas in this, he's so fluid. Um, Again, I think it was like a, like they were changing the art styles and yeah. He, yeah, I think Superman just got caught in like a bad period there. 
Yeah. Like in the 90s. Yeah, yeah no, the, it's, the art's beautiful here. And these are, I mean, they're all very simple stories because they're shorts. But yeah. the best way to compare it is like, what if instead of doing an actual animated series for Batman, they just did like what they did the opening sequence of Batman and just did a bunch of those little like. Yeah. Because yeah. that's its own little story right there. Yeah, it's just like those, but for Superman, and they're just about 10 minutes long. Um, but, you know, the story doesn't need to be, because you have the characters interacting with each other. There's chemistry there, there's personality, there's, you know, um, yeah, like. Yeah, these are fun, these are worth watching. Like you said, they're is, on YouTube. This is what Superman does. He stops comets, he solves problems, you know, um, some of the things he does anyway, but. Yeah. And you, f- and you figure in the 40s, it's like, I mean, you, I'm sure they were drawing out all this by hand, so, you know, yeah. 10 minutes, right, you know, you're not going to get like a half hour or more. No. Yeah, that's why it took so long just to do each one. Plus, it's oh, like, yeah. what, it was $50,000 for the first one, then 30000 for each subsequent one? Um, um, let's see. Uh, what I'm looking here, yeah, it says, uh, they later they renegotiated the cost of fifty thousand, yeah, for the first, and subsequent cartoons were later budgeted at thirty thousand each. Yeah, and there's no decrease in quality because probably because they have a bunch of assets from the first one now. Uh, but yeah, like, I'd, what would that even be in today's money? It'd be a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was gonna say that's forties money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Superman back at the time was big money. Oh yeah. It's amazing how popular he became, how quickly. I mean, yeah. He was introduced in the late '38. This is two years later. Yeah, I think the the I think the radio was like the huge thing, right? That was the thing that really got into public consciousness. Um, yeah, because I just started listening to that. That's 1939. It started. Is it good? Well, so well, far the first two are. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming it's good. Um, you know, obviously you take into account the time it was made as well. Um, yeah, you know, there's an Australian version of that. Uh. It's actually on the Superman homepage. I don't know if you guys have ever gone there, but it's run by an Australian. Yes. And uh, there's a section there, and there's actually – they did, like, an Australian version of the radio program. Huh. Um, so I'm kind of interested to listen to The Adventures of Australian Superman. <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Um, there's only, like – I think only five episodes or something survive. But, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of this – the, the the radio show ran for like a decade, so there's a lot of episodes of yeah. to listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on. If you have, if anyone has a Roku, one of the free channels you can get on there. I mean, it might be on other things. I just know because I have a Roku uh, called Radio Classic Broadcasts. Hmm. All you have to do is just register for it. You know, just put an email and a password, and that's it. You don't have to okay. pay anything. And they have a bunch of radio shows on there. I think the Shadows on there too, but. And a couple other things, but I saw Superman was on there, so I'm like, oh, so I, nice, right on my TV. I don't have to even, you know, leave the couch if I don't want to. Yeah, cool. I'll put that in the show notes for everyone as well. Um, oh, actually, this is the short where the lava is a thing. Okay. So what was the last one? Then? Okay. The last one, she must have been held hostage in some other manner. Actually, I think she was kind of just standing there in the last one, and this one. She's actively being lowered into the pit, gagged and bound okay. and interrogated. I, I mixed them up too. I thought this. I thought that was one of the the guy lowering her into the lava, but they can kind of blend together a bit. Yeah, if you watch like nine in a row, they will blend together a bit. Like I said, they're very simple stories, but yeah, do you have a favorite? enjoyable and fun. 
Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, hey, it looks like it looks like you can even like da- uh, download um the episodes of the radio show just like you download podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, I think it says the old time radio Superman show. Yeah, because I'm oh, on cool. Stitcher's uh, site. Yeah, I guess I think it even says you can do Apple and stuff. Yeah, so you, just like you download. There's a bunch of ways. Yeah. Sweet. Um, I'm trying to remember at least how the ones I saw. I did like uh, the mechanical monsters a lot of fun, and yeah. the bulleteers was pretty cool too with the guys with the bullet car. Yeah. That crazy car, like that has wings, but it can still fly without wings. So. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you could see sometimes like when they do the destruction of the city, how like some of the thing, some of the uh, backgrounds are reused. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I think when he breaks a door down in this, it's the exact same door that's broken down in the first one. Um, but I think that's the most obvious one. Um, but yeah, no, this one's this one is uh really great. Um, there's, I mean, there's not much more to say because we covered a lot of it in the first one, just about the style and stuff. Uh, you know, we end with another like. Wink and a nod. Yeah, thanks, Clark, but I owe it all to Superman. Hmm. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, guys, definitely just check these out. They're only 10 minutes. If you're a Superman fan, these are, like, essential Superman viewing for any fan. Uh, you know, because this is... God, it's, like, some of my favorite animated work. Like, the even from, like, a non-Superman perspective, like, these are just really well-animated um, like they're famous for a reason and the best thing is they're free domain so you can just go watch them right now uh and then you can go into later into the propaganda ones if you want as well with like the weird japanese caricatures uh um actually i have a dvd of like the last few and there's a really good one where he like fights this weird cult under the earth uh which is really awesome but yeah oh yeah i'm looking at the dvds right now in the back the underground world it's like yeah, the next to last one because they did 19 of them yeah. For, uh, no, seventeen of them. Sorry. And I believe uh, Flasher, Flasher's did the first nine, and then I don't think there was a decrease in quality though, not from what I remember anyway. Not from what I remember either, but like I said, I only watched had time last night to watch the first nine yeah. on them, so I didn't yeah. watch the second DVD yet. Yeah. Again. But uh, yeah, I guess. Um... Probably not going to bother doing a rating system for, uh, you know, we'll we'll rate these, I guess. Uh, So, let's go with the mad scientists. Actually, does anyone have any closing thoughts before we move on? Uh, No. no. I was going to say, I think you guys got me obsessed. I want to check out the radio show now, but (laughs) just looking at the podcast downloads, I think it's like over a thousand episodes. Oh, my Lord. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot. Like I said, there's a lot of them because, I mean, they're only like 15 minutes or so each, at least the ones I saw so far. But, I mean, didn't radio shows, sometimes they would have them on like three or four times, a, three times a week or something or more. Oh, so, yeah. oh yeah. Someone say it was on for like 10 years or something. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, going through that, it's like. Yeah. It's like somebody going, oh, let me check out this Supernatural show. How many episodes? Oh, you only have to watch the first five seasons, so it's a hundred and. Uh, oh, they're good episodes though <laughs> I like one of my co-hosts yes um yeah so uh cool i guess hmm, 
Al, you can go first. All right. Um, for the mad scientist. Yeah. Well, oh, just for the mad scientist. Oh, yeah, mad yeah, scientist. Yeah. That's right. That's our ratings. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it 10 mad scientists. This is a cla- These are classics. I mean, yes, if you watch a bunch of them, they can blend together a bit because they're so short that it can kind of be a little repetitive at times. But still, they are classics. The animation is beautiful. There's still some characterization and like a little bit of personality in there. And they're just fun to watch. And they're a classic for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, I was going to go eight out of ten mad scientists because, I mean, just again, it's I mean, especially for the time, good, good stories, good art. And it's just like I think besides the George Reeve and Christopher Reeve that I mean, this is what a lot of people know Superman from. Hmm. It kind of set the precedent for a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. they're not. You're right. They're, you're right. They're not dumbed down. No, no. Definitely not. Um, there's so much artistry put into these. Uh, I guess uh, I'll go nine mad scientists out of ten. Um, yeah, like I guess there's not much to say that hasn't been said already. Uh, you know, these are just really fantastic, and uh, nothing like them. For Superman has really been done since, so uh, yeah, they're definitely quintessential Superman. Um, I guess wobbly building, but even I like the wobbly building. But yeah, some parts like uh, you see some shortcuts between episodes, but yeah, I don't know. Like, well, yeah. there's some, but it's not like Scooby Doo. No, no, or you know, Hammer oh, Records, where not. you can yeah. see so much of the. Same thing back, you know, two backgrounds used, and that's it. Yeah, I guess I'm giving it you know? nine out of ten because I'm comparing it to all the other ones as a benchmark, and there's some are like better than the Mad Scientist, which is why it's got a nine. And so, actually, I was thinking about that now because we mentioned about some of the propaganda ones. I'll give it a nine point five because some of the propaganda ones. I mean, I understand what they're doing at the time, but you look at it now, you're like, Ooh, really? That's how you're drawing them? Yeah, yeah. Like so, I think the I'll stories themselves are fun, but the drawing is. <laughs> I'll give it like a 9.5 just for that. Like a little, like, okay. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, awesome to watch. Cool. All right. Now, uh, Mechanical Monsters. Um, I guess I'll go first, just get out of the way. Uh, I give Mechanical Monsters 9.5 out of 10 because uh, the X-ray eyes are pretty goofy. But, um, you know, other than that, this was... Definitely one of my favorite shorts. If not my favorite, I know it might only be tied with The Comet, which it's not called The Comet, but it's called The uh, Magnetic Telescope, I think. Yep. Um, yeah. And he has to stop a comet in that. And, you know, it's uh, it's good. It's interesting as well. He can't just run into it. He's not powerful enough. So, um, yeah. And I love the music in this. The theme of the monsters and just all of the music's just fantastic. Uh, so... Yeah, I'll leave it to you guys next. Oh, and it's yeah, I'll I'll rate it nine nine point five mechanical monsters. Sorry guys, I'm not with it today because I came in unprepped because I messed up the times, so I'm all like all over the place. But uh, yeah, you thought we were recording it? You, you messed up. Yeah, you thought we were doing it an hour later. Yeah, yeah, I am bad. 
right. Who would have thought Ray the brains of the operation? <laughs> well, I mean, maybe maybe there's an unseen party. There's not. Um, uh. but, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, cool. Uh, who wants to go next? Uh, guy I, first last time. Okay. Um. I mean, I'll give it th- this. I like this one better than the first one. I'll give it a nine out of ten. Um. Like like I think someone said, you know, this mad scientist at least had like a uh, agenda. And I mean, I understand how you know the first episode you're kind of like like world building and stuff. But I've again, I mean, still great quality on this and. I mean, it's not, again, not one, just little differences, but yeah, I guess one a nine out of ten. Awesome. Yeah. All right, so go. Sorry, um, no, no, you go first. Oh, okay. I was gonna say I actually screwed up. Then I thought we were rating all of them together, like the whole thing. No, 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 just individual. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, then. Then taking away what I said, then forget it. The last one, I give it a nine out of ten because it is really good. But there's some a little. Like I said, the main scientist plot, he's a little too mad. It's like, you're not waiting for money? You're not going to wait him a chance to give you the money? So I give that one a 9 and this one a 9.5. Awesome. Same as me, then. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I'm, I recommend checking out the Wikipedia article on this because there is so many references to this in various TV shows and movies. Um, like, uh yeah wow it's crazy uh a lot of like miyazaki's animated films seem to reference it uh but um i i will point out this apparently the mechanical monsters is the first story from any medium that features clark kent using a telephone booth to discard his street clothes and change into superman oh yeah which is obviously a pretty iconic uh part of it that's right, because I think in the first one, doesn't he just go in the storage room? Yeah, yeah, he just goes in the storage room. And the light's always on, so people can always see him changing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, oh, uh, th- these are another... I'll just point out another two fun ones. Uh, so in Batman the Animated Series, Mr. Freeze is kidnapped by a robot resembling one of these mechanical robot monsters and is hidden inside the robot's chest cavity like Lois Lane does in the original short. Um, and it's also impervious to machine gun fire. So that's pretty cool. And hmm. in Superman Doomsday, the 2007 animated film, one of these is seen on display in his Fortress of Solitude. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. Just cool. Um, yeah. I really like Superman Doomsday, but that's a tangent. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, I believe that wraps us up, guys. So... Uh, Al, where can everyone find you Just and uh, your stuff? Plug away, my friend. All right. Well, like I said earlier, it's Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. It's about the Marvel characters, Adam Warlock and Thanos. I mean, it's right there in the name. You shouldn't be confused by what it is about. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just type in Adam Warlock or Thanos, whatever podcatcher you use. We're pretty much the only thing that's going to pop up. Uh, the main page for the show is resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com. And you can find me on Twitter at, at AdamThanosPod. Awesome. And uh, Phil? Uh, you can find me on the Capes and Lunatics and the Capes and Lunatics Sidekicks podcast. Uh, we all review comics, TV, movies, old stuff, new stuff. Uh, 
The easiest place to find all our links is um, at linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Capes Lunatics. All our social media, everything's right there. Sweet. Well, again, thank you very much, guys, for coming on, especially at such short notice as well, and especially since I messed up the time, and especially since I forgot the synopsis. So, uh, you guys are true. Thanks for having Yeah, awesome. Uh, feel free to come on again. Uh, as with guests on this show, um, some things we won't have guests for, but uh, most of the time, if you see that we're doing something and you're really interested in it, you can always uh, feel free to come on and guest, and also you can send in requests. Uh, we'll say right now we do have quite a lot of requests. So if you do send in a request right now, it might not be until like next year. But, uh, you know, that goes to everyone listening as well. So, you know, we're all about talking with other fans and, you know, just having fun. So, yeah. Um, until next time, guys, uh, just don't dump protoplasmic goose on your foster parents. Especially if they're elderly. See you. Superman and all other characters in these comics are properties of DC. Any images or music we use are properties of their respective copyright holders. We are doing this for fun and not making money off it, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at lskpodcast at gmail.com and find us on our Libsyn lskpodcast.libson.com our twitter at lskpodcast our facebook page last sons of krypton a superman podcast and last but not least thank you everyone for listening